0: What is up guys, you're listening to the MF CEO Project, I'm Andy, I'm your host, and I am the motherfucking CEO. Guys, if this is your first time, welcome. Um, our goal here is not only to be a top-notch entrepreneurial podcast, but to teach the values of entrepreneurship and success, no matter if you own a business, if you work inside of a business, um, or if you just don't know what the fuck you're trying to do right now in life, and you're trying to get better. Um We are here to teach you. We are here to help you. Uh, You have to understand that being successful in life requires a certain skill set. And that's what we're here to teach you. Uh, It's not about get rich quick in five minutes, uh, be balling out like Rick Ross overnight. This is about the real shit. This is about the grit. This is about the hustle. This is about what it actually takes. Uh, As always... I'm joined by my co-host, Vaughn, the pastor of
1: Disaster. Uh-oh. What's up, Vaughn?
0: I'm growing in badassery
1: every moment I'm in your presence. <laughs> I believe it. Yeah. Most people do. Yeah, I know, man. It's just, you should bottle it up.
0: I, you know what? That's a good Sell idea. Sell it as cologne. I'll make
1: a... <laughs> like second, second form?
0: Yeah. What's that? Second form. Second <clears throat> form. Number a lot, two. A lot of you guys might be wondering who the third voice is. It's Tyler. It's not Tyler. It's obviously a much more manly man than Tyler. <laughs> and Tyler, he's not wearing his salmon shorts, by the way. So the podcast oh. could be a total Sandwich shorts. trouble.
2: Salmon? Oh, salmon! That is yeah. a sandwich. Yeah, like you're making me hungry. <laughs> I do. I would go for a sandwich right
0: now. Yeah. But I, yeah. we have a very special guest here, Mark Bell. A lot of you guys in the fitness industry know him. A lot of you guys have seen him on uh, Gary's show. You've seen him on. Now you just did Lewis's show, right?
2: Um, yeah, Lewis How? Yep.
0: Yeah, so and he's he's uh
2: bigger, stronger, faster.
0: Yeah. A Fucking movie. The, yeah, you the guys movie. have seen that. Netflix. He's, I've he's seen uh, that like five times. <laughs> he's, he's he's big time in the fitness industry. Uh he's been there for a long time, been you know, world champion powerlifter, uh the CEO of uh Slingshot Slingshot and uh
2: Super Training Gym. Super
0: Training Gym. That's right. Um tell us a little bit about the history of how you got into the industry and, and <laughs> basically how you got into the entrepreneurial side.
2: Damn.
0: I know it's going to be. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah. You want some water? Because it's going it to take just a be one, Just one question. I mean, one what, question. Are you, what are you, a thousand years old? Yeah, yeah, right.
2: This is going to be one question. It's going to seem like I'm a thousand years old. I'm 40 years old and uh live in, live in Davis, California with my wife, which is kind of near Sacramento. Um, I started in the fitness industry um, before it was the fitness industry. Uh, I started a long, long time ago. Um, I was about, about I was about 12 years old uh, when I started kicking the weights around seriously started officially at like 11 but i was just messing around with like a curl bar back then dude that's how i started too
0: yeah just I a, a some curl arms, bar man. in our garage and yeah. i just was
2: like you know what let me try to build up my arms my brothers tried to show me how to squat and stuff and i was too much of a pussy to try to figure anything out i'm still that way I hurt my back too much yeah. i was like i need that pad my brother's like if i ever see you with that pad i will kill you <laughs> i'll fucking kill you right where you stand um basically the story kind of kicks off with uh i was throwing a football around I was always playing, not with myself necessarily, but by myself, and I was throwing a football up in the air. My brothers, you know, they, they were bored with me and stuff like that, because I was much younger than them, so they didn't want to hang out with me. And so I'm just flipping a football up, you know, to myself, pretending I'm catching the game-winning touchdown and all these things. And I did that all the time. You could go back and watch, you know, old footage of my brother playing football, and you'll see me on the sidelines tossing the football to myself. And uh, I was just at a park one day, and I'm playing with the football and throwing it up in the air to myself. And I hear someone say, "Yo, Bell, throw me that football." And it's my brother's it's my brother's friend who we called the Dirt Dog because he was <laughs> he smoked cigarettes all the time, and he had the acid wash jeans, he had the mullet going, and uh, his name was Joe Garlop. So he was
0: literally Joe Dirt.
2: Yeah, he was. He Joe was the original, Dirt Dog. Yeah, <laughs> he was. He was original. Joe Dirt he had that tough guy kind of look to him. For some reason, he had like pretty good biceps and stuff at the time. I don't even know if he worked out. He was just that way. But uh, I knew better than to throw him the ball because I knew he was an asshole. My brother always hated him and, and we kind of hated their family and they hated our family and stuff like that. But I was like, ah, oh, it would be cool to toss the ball around with actually somebody else rather than me just hanging out by myself. So I throw him the ball. He proceeds to catch it and then turn around and just kick it as far as he fucking could. And he, he kicked it right into the fucking woods. And I I searched for that ball for hours. It was my favorite football, and I was never able to fucking find it. And so from that day on, you can cut to, like, a Rocky montage, and I'm hitting it hard in the basement, learning how to bench, learning how to squat, learning how to deadlift, because I'm like, Cause that this dude's ass. <laughs> never happened to me again. Yeah. Yeah, so it was just more like – it wasn't like I really wanted to even fight him at the time, but I was just like – I just want to make sure that I'm never in a position again where if I'm bigger and I'm stronger, it will more likely not happen that yeah, way. You know? Yeah. So yeah. So that's, that kind of started my, my lifting. My brothers, um, do I think a lot of people start lifting, lifting already already, too. Yeah. Like they get into,
0: uh, uh, they get into, they have some sort of negativity happen or even some sort of, like we were just talking about it out there, like a bullying thing. Muhammad Ali. Right. Someone stole Dude, his bike. And I think Lou Ferrigno got into lifting for the same reason. Yeah. And, uh, and, and, you know, it's interesting that, like, I always say, you know, negativity is highly underrated as a motivation. Yeah, it can you know be I mean? really
2: strong. Yeah. It can be really powerful. So, I mean, I just started kind of playing around with weights pretty much typically the way anybody else would. Um, but my brothers were older, and so they were showing me like some powerlifting stuff, and I was, you know, not really knowing what some of it was about or not really understanding of what any of it would turn into. And maybe fast forward like a year or two. Me and my brother are bench pressing in the basin. My cousin Steven is over. My cousin Steven at the time is probably like 16. I'm probably like 13, some, somewhere in that range. <clears throat> and uh, my brother, my two older brothers gave me the nickname Smelly because I hated to take showers as a kid. So they were always <laughs> picking on me and they always had to fuck with me. So my brother tells my cousin Steven, he says, oh, Smelly can bench 185. And my cousin's like, What? He goes, yeah, Smelly can bench 185. He's like, there's no fucking way he can bench 185. He's like, he's like, I can, I can barely do that. And he's, you know, older, right? And uh, my brother's like, well, we'll fucking show you. And so we went down to the basement and we started working out. My brother was always very careful with me, and he always had me do sets of ten and things like that. And he always tried to have me utilize the best possible form I could. And he was just very delicate with like showing me like how to do it the right way. And it was, he was really adamant about that. I wasn't allowed to like max out. And so we start adding weight and adding weight and adding weight. And I get to 185 pounds and drop it down to my chest and just, boom, just blast it up like it's nothing and rack it. And my cousin's just standing there like, what the fuck? So then my cousin tries it. He he needed assistance to uh, to get the weight up. His legs are kicking everywhere. Mm-hmm. But then we proceed to go from 185 to 195 to 205 and 220, and so on. And we just kept going up in about 10 pound increments all the way till I got to 240 pounds. And I got up off the bench, and my cousin was like, I don't know what the fuck that means, but that's going to turn into something. Yeah, that's awesome. And I mean, I remember that day, like, it's, I remember it uh, so accurately, um, just having just such a good feeling about myself. And so that's where it started. That's where the flame uh, was ignited. And, you know, I'm, I'm still as as excited today to hit the gym as I was when I was that age. I fucking love it. I yeah. really do.
0: Yeah, you still love the weight training because I know I you're still, doing, you're doing a lot yeah. of conditioning now.
2: Yeah, I still love it. You know, on a daily basis, it it may not be, uh, it may not be like I might not be like hyped up to get to the gym every day because right. I know the pain that's gonna happen. I've been on this kick of uh, lifting. It's like been 110 days in a row or something like that, and. I'm starting to get really fucking sore. Yeah, and uh, I could probably use a break, but it's it's more of a thing from a mental standpoint of like just keep fucking pushing forward. Right. You know, just keep putting one foot in front of the other, and I've been able to do that in in all aspects of my life because I've been able to find people that have been supportive. Uh, luckily, I was born with awesome parents, and they've been a huge. Whenever somebody tells me they've come from shitty parents and they come from You know, some real shitty beginnings. I'm always amazed by that because I don't have that experience. Right. And uh, I was too fragile as a kid. I would have never made it. And uh, without my wife, Andy, uh, I would have never made it either. She's been a really strong... She's given me like a backbone. You know, she's given me something really strong to, to lean on in certain situations. As you know, in business, you get people pulling you in all different directions. Yeah. You know, who to trust and who to spend time with and who and who not to. And she always is stiff-arming the fuck out of those people. Yeah. Making sure those people don't get involved with us unless they're legitimate.
0: Right, right. Yeah, dude, Emily, my wife, does the same thing for me. She runs the, she runs <laughs> the, uh, the bodyguard role, yeah. you know, <laughs> for real. But... One thing that's interesting, and I, I I think it's cool, especially with you uh, having a lot of success in the entrepreneur space, um, and you a lot of the guys I have in an the interview, they're not lifters, right? Right. So, like, this is cool for me because we're both lifters, and right. we're both around the same age, and it's Dude, I could t- I, People that don't lift don't understand this, but it is literally the exact principles that you need to be successful as an entrepreneur it takes discipline it takes discipline it takes showing up every day it takes intensity every day you know it takes you walking out of the gym every day exhausted right. it takes you replenishing your mind and your energy just like you would need to replenish it your body parallels at 100% yeah everything and like so and the the thing about powerlifting and bodybuilding is that The discipline that it takes is 24 hours a day. And there's no other sport or activity, whatever you want to call it, hobby that's like that. And that's how entrepreneurship is. It's a discipline that's 24 hours a day. Everything you do will eventually become part of you being an entrepreneur. When you see me out drinking a fucking beer, there is business being done there. You know what I mean? You see me drinking 20 beers, there's a lot of business being done. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? But your whole life... It really seriously does parallel. And anybody out there listening right now that's into fitness can relate to this. And one of my biggest frustrations with people in the fitness industry is that they can have all this discipline in this area of fitness, which I actually think is harder. It's harder for me than entrepreneurship. Oh, my workouts will
2: always be way harder than any business meeting I ever go into. Yeah. There's no question about
0: it. But then when it comes to like, their other life, the rest of their life, it's like the rest of their life is a fucking shit show. Yeah. And it's like, bro, how can you be so disciplined with your diet, your training, your workouts, your mental discipline, to do all this right. shit, but you can't get your fucking regular life in order to earn a couple fucking dollars so that you don't have to like be a fucking shit bum on your parents or whatever? Yeah, yeah, right. You know, what I mean? like, dude, you see these super successful people in the fitness industry who you think are successful and you find out they're living in the fucking basement
1: on a couch They live with their parents. It's like, what the fuck are you doing, man? Do you think that that's because they're doing it for a different motivation? They're doing it just to look good. Whereas other people are doing it. Yeah. To look good, but also to be as healthy as they possibly can. I think sometimes
2: that's the case. Sometimes people have kind of the wrong uh, intentions from the beginning. Uh, For me in particular, like I, I was, uh, I was kind of fortunate to have a weakness where I wasn't very smart in school. Like that ended I wasn't up being, either, man. That ended up becoming a really, uh, it, well, still to this day, it's a huge strength of mine. You know, people say, uh, you know, don't put the cart before the horse. Well, I always put the fucking cart before the horse. Dude. I'll, I'll lift that fucking thing myself and drag it. Yep. You know what I mean? Like, I, I will figure it out. Like, I don't always make the right decision or the right choices, but I will work really hard to make those decisions correct. Dude, I fucking 1,000% relate to that. I was
0: a terrible student. I had trouble paying attention. It wasn't because I wasn't smart. It was because I just don't do good in that situation. Like, this stuff and, sucks. Yeah, and that ignorance of... Dude, I think the power of success, a lot of it comes down to 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 being ignorant right. to how hard things are going to be and making a decision. Like we said last podcast, it's not about the commitments that you make. It's about making the commitments that you make the right ones. You know what I mean? And so 100%. many people want to... like. They, they do want
2: to have an order to things. And like, you know, that's so cool that you said that. because I started texting you and I was like, I'm coming out there, motherfucker. And I yeah. don't even know. Like, I don't even yeah. know you. Right. but why, like, why am I coming out here? Yeah. I don't know. Well, I mean. But some great things are going to come of it. Exactly. Right? Like, exactly. I don't know what's going to come of it, but it's going to be fucking fun. Yeah. And I don't. I also think that, you know, people that are listening to this, people that are just getting started. Don't feel like you need stuff from people. Like, I don't need anything from you. Right. I come out here, hang out. Hopefully you have time, and hopefully we can hang out and have a good time. But other than that, I don't, I don't need anything from you. Yeah. I'm, I'm sustained. Yeah. I'll never forget this. I, I, was, uh, I was in my gym, and uh, I've been fortunate enough to be friends with John Cena. I had a, a stint at Dude, pro wrestling. We use, his,
0: we use his, uh, his, his music as the intro on the podcast. Oh, so good. Yeah. Like, he's got, he's got yeah. a lot of
2: great songs. But you've been friends with John Cena for, for many years. My brothers and I got him actually into professional wrestling. And so he's somebody that's still uh, in my life and he pops around whenever he can and and comes into super training. Well, the last time he was at super training, he's he slept I, I tease him and I say that he slept in the parking lot, but he's sleeping in this like multi million dollar, you know, vehicle or whatever, yeah. whatever the hell the thing is. It's uh, like a tour bus, right? Yeah, right. It has everything on it. Yeah. So I text him in the morning. And I'm like, oh, you know, it's, when someone's from out of town, it's kind of nice to provide some amenities. Like, you guys got us a hotel, and, like, you don't always know where you're going. Right, and right, it's, right. it's nice for somebody to... Uh, make it feel a little bit at home. Yeah, right. yeah, make someone feel at home. So I'm like, you want me to bring you coffee? Like, you need anything? Like, I can cook something here? Like, just, like, whatever. Like, I know he eats, you know, he eats healthy and stuff. And uh, he like, N- no, dude, I'm good. And then we, we texted back and forth a couple more times, asked him if he needed anything else. And uh, he just wrote sustained like I wrote, I'm sustained. And I was like, I'm never going to fucking forget that. That's a great way to live your life. And what a what a comfortable way to feel. Yeah. Like, no, I'm good. Yeah. I don't, I don't need anything. Yeah. You know, if you want something and someone's willing to like offer it or something, that's that's kind how of, I feel. Kind too, of man. One thing, I feel, but feel like, no, like that good. everywhere, like everywhere I go. And yeah. I
0: almost feel like when people like I don't like people doing extra shit for me because that makes right. me feel like almost like I don't want to put them out. So I'm, so I'm always like (laughs) just in my own world, you know what I mean? Of like, of, of sustained, like it it is a good feeling. Yeah.
2: And you know, you shouldn't, um, I just think that when people are trying to climb the ladder, they're like, Oh, it'd be cool. Like if, uh, if I did this with someone or if I did that, or if, uh, someone, you know, someone gave me money for this or that. And I think you're just better off saying rather than thinking in those terms, how do I, how do I work towards that? How do I just do it myself? Right you know, be sustained, like be, be, be in charge of yourself. Right. Be in charge of, of what it is you're trying to accomplish.
0: Right. Yeah, man. I mean, I get that all the time in emails and too. people. They think that like, they're like, how do I connect with this person or what's it going to take to get on your podcast or what's it going to take to come hang out or this or that? I mean, like I'm just like, show up, fucking show up. You can work out with us in the back every day at fucking four 30. We're not going to tell you to leave. Yeah. You know, who knows what will come from that? You know <laughs> what I mean? Like, that's how I would look at it. Yeah. It's just like, it's, uh, I was talking to. Um, but not show up at your house. No. Yeah, that happens. But <laughs> yeah. don't do that.
1: Yeah. But not I mean. clarify that. Yeah.
0: But, but I mean, it's, it just takes a little bit of balls, right? Like, yeah. hey, you know, there might be some assholes out there that tell you to get lost, but what the fuck? It's, you do that ten times, you're going to meet seven cool ass people. Right. You know and, what I mean. And
2: nothing's ever going to come from from not having resistance and a, and a struggle. And exactly to go back your point about lifting, is lifting represents that times a thousand. You you can't get strong in one workout. Right. You actually actually technically make yourself weaker every time you work out. That's right. You might bench press 315 pounds during the course of your workout. By the end of the workout, you're distraught. You're fucked up. Right. Um. But You should take all those principles that you know from training. At the end of a training session, somebody might ask you a question, and you're, like, discombobulated. You're like, uh, you can't even really answer it that clearly because you trained your ass off. Your work day should be the same way. Right. You go home from work, your hat should be all sideways, your (laughs) shit should be all messed up, and you should be, like, you should be ready to kind of, like, drop. Like, fuck, man. Like, goddamn, today was fun, but... Shit, like put a lot of put a lot of effort into it, yeah. and you feel like wiped out. Yeah, and I think you could take all the different lessons that you learn from your training and apply them into your everyday life. your to get strong, takes a minimum of ten years. 10 fucking years. Like, what a terrible thing to try to sell somebody. Yeah. <laughs> like, right. Hey, you want to come in and power lift? I, I got a great plan for you, Andy. It's called the 10-year plan. I'm going to get you really strong. And at the end of 10 years, yeah, you're going to be, like, actually competitive in the sport. And you would be like, fuck, man. Yeah. 10 years of just kicking the shit out of myself. That's yeah. what it's going to take. I went to the uh, Ana Academy uh, recently and was down there doing, doing a workout. And this kid comes in. He's, like, 17 years old. He squatted 765 pounds for five reps. Holy fuck. Yeah, and I was like, what? This kid was a bowling ball, man. He was he was a big kid. And beautiful squats, too. The form was fucking on point. And I was like, god damn. I'm like, son of a bitch. I'm like, I think this is an outlier. Like, I always tell everybody, it takes 10 years. <laughs> yeah. And I'm just sitting there shaking my head. And I'm like, my theory can't be wrong. It can't be wrong. So I'm, I'm watching him, you know, work up and go up and wait. And he's just, he's just crushing these weights. And I, I go over to his dad, and I tell his dad, I say... This kid has one of the most beautiful squats I've ever seen. His form is unbelievable. A lot of times these guys that are young and strong, they're just young and strong. Right. And they're just like reckless yeah, too, right, right? right? This kid's form was spot on. And so I, I tell his dad and his dad goes, well, it fucking should be. He started when he was seven. And there you I'm go. I like, my theory is <laughs> correct. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, it's going to take a long time. And yeah. what do you know about business when you've been doing it for three years? No, and
0: that's the parallel, right? Not that much. The parallel again, 10 years. You know, dude, I, in my my fucking, and dude, now with the internet and technology and the ability to like podcast and be accelerated learning. Yeah, totally. And so like, I don't, I always say 10 years, but that's in like my era of when I started, you know, there wasn't internet, there wasn't podcasts, there wasn't social media. No computers back in our day. No, (laughs) no. And, and, and now you can't accelerate that, but you can't, you, you still have to put in the time, man. And like. When you think about, like, why fitness and, and entrepreneurship are so parallel, you know, for that 10 years that you go in to train, you know, you're not every day thinking about, you know, hey, uh, I'm going to be fucking world champion powerlifter. Right. You, you actually come in today with this goal of like, hey, I'm going to fucking do this today. Right. I'm going to bench this today. I'm going to squat this today. And when I walk out, I'm gonna feel that sense of pride that I did the best that I could, and and it's just, it's about today. It's about winning today, and linking those days together over time. And you fall in love. Real entrepreneurs, they fall in love with the process. With they fall just like just like powerlifting or bodybuilding. Right. Those guys who are excellent, they're not necessarily thinking for the show or the meet. They're thinking about killing it today, and it just happens to be.
2: That every workout fucking matters to him that much, and that's what ends up making him great. It can be overwhelming when you try to think about being great, right? You know, I think everybody has this mindset that they want to be great, but then if you really try to break it down, like, what do you mean, great? Great in whose eyes? Right. For me, I got three people I need to be great to, and that's it. It's my wife and my two kids. If other people think I'm great, then that's fucking cool. Yeah, and that's that feels like a good pat on the yeah. back. But uh, the love I have inside inside my home, you know the um, one of the greatest quotes I ever heard is, uh, you know, if you want to have the greatest impact on the world, go home and love your family. Like, yeah, what a what a cool what a cool statement, because that's mm-hmm. where it needs to start. Like, why do I need to matter to you? Right. That much. Right. We don't know each other. that Right. Well. Right. I need to matter to her. I need to matter to my kids. My son said something crazy a couple of weeks ago where it just like floored me. It was it was pretty, pretty over the top. But basically just uh, we were talking and I think I was talking to him about. Maybe his cousins because his cousins have uh, Hamish and uh, Lachlan. These these kids are crazy. They beat the hell out of each other all the time. So I can't. <laughs> that's help their us. names. Yeah, that's I crazy. We call we call the youngest one. We call him Hambone. <laughs> these two are like straight out of the WWE. They beat the fuck out of each other all the time. And so we were talking about you know them being brothers and Jake he only has his sister Quinn. And he kind of said he wish he, he had a brother or something like that. And so we were talking, and I was like, oh, yeah, it's kind of cool because, you know, ha- Hamish, he gets to look up to his brother, and, and, I, and I got to look up to my brothers. And then Jake said, yeah, and I get to look up to you. And I was just like, whoa. Like, you That's know, cruel. I understand that I'm a dad, and I have yeah. been for a long time, but what a goddamn uh, wake-up call yeah. to, like, really understand, like, this guy's watching everything yeah. I do and everything yeah. I say, and I need to... Really pay attention to that a little bit more. Yeah. Yeah,
0: man. Crazy. You know, uh, we don't have any kids yet, but I know, like, I've raised, I've, quote, unquote, raised a lot of kids. Yeah. Within the the time of the 18 years we've been in business. Right. Hundreds. And, uh, you know, I I forget that sometimes. Like, we talk about leadership and, um, you know, like I just talked about, we... When you got here, I mean, I was on the phone and I was on the phone with a guy who recently left the company Right. and I was doing an exit interview and I like to do exit conversations with people when they leave uh, for a couple reasons. One, it, you know, if they're leaving uh, under some sort of like disagreement, which this happened to be that case, I want to know. I want them to get it off their chest, whatever. They it was. know going
2: into it that it's an excellent interview. Yeah, yeah. They already know that they've been. Yeah, right. Let and, go.
0: Okay. And and so and so I I want to hear their point of view because a and a lot of CEOs they get really upset with their employees they quit or have an issue like they're right like dude I try to look at as right. learning experience like okay um, what are the issues is it a legitimate issue do I need to fix certain things and we had a really good conversation about uh about some of the things that could potentially be better and I think that you know <clears throat> even as a and I consider myself a pretty pretty good leader I think most of the time I'm doing a good job especially leading an example but he pointed out a couple of cases of really small shit that that I hadn't forgot I even fucking did right that meant a lot to him right you know
2: what I mean and and were legitimate points that he made. You're trying to make people more productive. You're not sitting here trying to make people feel bad. No. You're not trying to knock people no, down. No, no, no. But and, and if you say something that's too harsh or too right. over the top, sometimes it comes off the wrong way and it, it could yeah. really be super negative to Dude, not exactly only that person and like, maybe a bunch of other people. And if I you. have
0: a downfall in my leadership ability, it is that it is that when I communicate, it can be very direct. Like very direct. Right. And I feel, and where I see it as very direct, like, hey, I'm trying to fucking help you. That's my job because I'm not your friend. I'm not your fucking buddy. I'm your coach. And your coach cares about your performance because they want you to fucking be good. Right. And that's how I look at it. So when I see somebody doing something, I'm very fucking direct with them. And and sometimes, you know, dudes just ain't hearing that because they hear the emotion behind it right. and they hear they hear it as you don't like me or you're upset with me or you think I'm a piece of shit. When in reality, that's just how I communicate. So it's
2: if I have a downfall in leadership, it's definitely that. But a lot of th- things can be misinterpreted through something absolutely. like a text message or something like that. Absolutely too, which is different than a phone call. Right?
0: Absolutely. And uh, but you know, my point to you know the you know those guys do look up to me, and sometimes I forget how much they do. You know what I mean? Like I, right. I forget how much somebody's paying attention. Right. And if they see you, uh, you know, cut a corner, or they see you do something, could be
2: anything that, could be you like just not. Being on your diet anymore and gaining right. weight, or like not or, lifting, or saying anymore. something
0: and not following through with it—something yeah. even small, you know—and and, and uh, You're be around a, them
2: all the time.
0: A lot of guys in business <laughs> miss they 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 don't realize how close their employees are paying attention to it. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah, I mean they're watching everything.
1: So let me recap a little bit. I want to draw out some of the things that you've said. Uh, daily discipline, obviously. Uh, you said I love the statement you made of not putting the cart in front of the horse. I always put the cart in front of the horse, which yeah. I would, the way that I interpreted that is you don't overthink things. You act yeah, and then I do you yeah. just kind of trust that yeah. things are going to work out. Well, you
0: do it and you figure it
1: out.
2: Yeah. Well, we have a, yeah. you know, an interesting, my wife and I have an interesting uh, relationship. Um, you know, I, I'm a dreamer and then she's a doer. She's someone that can handle a lot of tasks in one day. She's very, very smart and very organized, which is quite the opposite of myself. So when you have somebody kind of dreaming of something, but then somebody else who can help with the follow through and the execution of it, uh, that ends up making such a huge difference.
0: And the belief factor, too. Like, dude, you know... uh the, to have someone there who, when you say something like it could be, it could, it could cause you're going to say shit yeah, to I your spouse. has been that way. Right. You're going to say
2: <laughs> some shit to your spouse. I don't know how that, much belief was, there was in the beginning, but well, there's a lot now. The good <laughs> thing about accomplishing
0: a few things is that you, the belief becomes stronger on what you can accomplish. Right. You know? And I, like I know, like I could say anything to Emily, like, Hey, I'm going to fucking become an astronaut and she's going to be Googling astronaut school. Like, Here's <laughs> where it starts. It starts, you know, do you want yeah, me yeah. Do you want me to book your ticket? You know what I mean? And that's a good type of relationship to right. have, man. You know, a yeah. lot of a lot of people don't have that. We get a lot of relationship questions for the podcast right. about, like, how important it is to have people in your life that support you, not just your wife, especially your wife, your husband, but not just that. Like, dude, the people you surround yourself with, who you communicate with. Dude, you don't need to have a trillion friends. You don't need to have right. a thousand friends. You're good to have... Dude, I got, like, three friends. I got a bunch of people that I fucking know. Right. You know what I mean? I got a lot of people I care about, but not that I would call and say, hey, here's what I'm thinking. Right. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And and I only call people I know that 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 trust the abilities that I have because dude, it takes so much energy to build something from scratch. Right. That you can't afford to let people it's an
2: enormous yeah, effort, yeah.
0: Yeah, you can't afford to let people who don't have that opinion of it's
2: possible in your in your brain. You just can't let it. When we were uh, we were just in in uh, Malibu, California, on some vacation, and uh, that looked awesome. By the way, oh, it was fucking fun. Yeah, Malibu's beautiful. How was the water? Was it cold or was it oh, good? well? They, these guys went. These guys, were, my wife and uh, kids. Oh man! Yeah, they were swimming and everything in there. I'm not. I'm not about to get in the ocean. Yeah. I'm not a risk taker when it comes to that. I have to keep my my fucking feet planted on the ground. No like, no skiing, no skateboards. I saw you when you
0: guys were in Tahoe and you were like on the boat. Everybody else in the fucking water. Yeah,
2: yeah. I'm like, yeah, I'm not doing any of that. (laughs) Terrified. I don't swim. I don't swim very well. You're not
1: jumping in if anybody sees a fin or anything. I'm good at drowning. That's about. That's probably
2: probably about my. I was wondering what
0: the fuck you were doing on the boat, snapping. Everybody else is swimming.
2: Yeah, everybody's always like there's, there's always pictures of everybody else and you don't have any, any pictures like doing whatever it is they're doing. But, um, you know, people ask a lot of times how do you, how do you balance stuff, you know, and I, I want to address that just a little bit because I think, and you, you probably said something like this similar because you probably recognize as well, is that when people are, are truly gifted and truly talented and you end up with somebody like an Elon Musk or, or the, the uh, owner of uh, Amazon, Right. end up with people like that, those people are not going to really have a lot of balance, right. at least at some point in their life. They're going to be like very unbalanced. Right. Um, when I was, uh, you know, a competitive powerlifter, my best numbers are I squatted 1,080, benched 854, and deadlifted 766. I was unbalanced. Like, that was my passion. That's what I lived for. 24 hours a day. Unhealthy, too. Right. You yeah. know, 330 pounds, you know, I could lift like a motherfucker, but... I wasn't balanced. I, I was you know conditioning wise I had none of that or anything. But the way that I've been able to pull balance into my life is to be more inclusive rather than exclusive. So when it comes to family and business, I usually just bring them together. you know so like on this uh, trip that we went to uh, uh, Malibu, um, I went a day early. My family joined me the next day. I got a couple things done the day before, met with Lewis Howe met with Charles Glass and a couple other people for YouTube content and just business stuff in general. And then the next, then a day or two later, uh, I met, uh, at Bulletproof Coffee with my brother and, uh, and my wife and my kids, um, with the owner of Quest Nutrition and also the owners of a startup company called Keto Cookie. And just, you know, it's like, they don't have to not be part of that. Like, like having my kids at a business meeting, having them hanging around and like fucking around would be inappropriate. So my kids, they, they went with my brother somewhere. But my point is, is that everything always seems so difficult or everything always seems so hard. But it's really not. If you just break things down and try to slow yourself down for a second and just make some sense of it. And so that's what I'm always trying to do in, in these different things that we're, we're working on. I really felt strongly that we need to come out here. We need to see you. And I'm in the middle of, of opening up a new facility for the gym. I walk into here and boom, instantly I'm inspired. I'm gonna be fired up for That's a awesome. long time after coming here. Like this is fucking cool. Thank you. Very, very cool what you built. And and I and I knew like I knew before I even really contacted you that I just something I wanted to do. I saw a couple videos, saw a couple podcasts and stuff. I'm like, that'd be really cool to meet this guy. I don't know why exactly, but I'll figure it out. Yeah. You know? But the second I stepped foot in here, I was like, boom, that was it. Yeah. I can, I could go home. Yeah. <laughs> All I need to do is see the facility.
1: Like That's hanging cool. out with you is a whole other thing yeah. too.
2: It's awesome. But just seeing the facility yeah. and seeing everybody flying around in their first form shirts. I mean, yeah. I, I probably ran into uh, 40 or 50 people. Everyone came right up, introduced themselves. You know, I forgot everybody's name. Yeah, there's yeah. so many of them yeah. coming at me. Uh, but what a cool thing. Everyone, yeah. Everyone's wearing like the same shirt, yeah. Everyone's fucking on board. There's people busting their ass in the yeah. warehouse. Yeah. Really super We're fortunate, cool. man. We yeah. got a
0: good crew here. Um the the you know, we connected through Tony uh Cinemat. Yeah. Real World Tactical. So, uh Goddamn savage in a half right there. <laughs> well, dude, when he when he te- he's like, "Hey, cuz I knew who you were, we right. we just never connected." Right. He's like, "Hey, man, uh I want you to connect with my boy Mark Bell." And I'm like, "Fuck yeah." So I mean, like that was what we were talking about before the podcast. Like, right. You know, I love Tony. I love hanging out with Tony. He's my kind of dude. He's nuts. Right. And if he said, yeah, exactly. (laughs) But, uh, you know, when guys like that, you know, recommend to meet somebody, you you have to say yes. You know what I mean? And it's going to work out
1: awesome. Right. But... um, I like what you said about integrating the family and business. And I feel like if you look around and you really have eyes to see, you can see that a lot of the movers and shakers in every industry have done that. I know, you know, now... The greatest coach in college football is probably considered uh, Nick Saban, but right. you know there were those two or three years where Urban Meyer was yeah, just knocking absolutely. out. And I know that his his whole philosophy of running a program was we're going to be a family. And of course, that's the way first form is. You know, the yeah. whole company is it's it's a big family. Yeah, and it's for sure. The way Dude, you spend you know, that much time together, yeah. that's
0: you're going to naturally, uh, naturally uh, develop those relationships. Helped shape
2: the, uh, it's helped shape the Manning family. Yeah, um, even though the New Orleans Saints sucked, they weren't very right. good. But they had a very family-oriented organization, and they would invite the families to practice, I think, like twice a week. And so, Peyton and his brother, Eli, they were at every practice with their dad all the time. Right. They got to the kind of witness that firsthand. And
0: you know, see what it takes. Right. Yeah,
2: now they're, you know, unbelievable. Right? Yeah. See, I have a, thats an interesting takes because I can't—I'm glad that
0: you brought that up because, I, you know, when not having kids, it's, it's not an issue for me. Right.
2: So— I've never been able to, like, whenever we've addressed it, I've always... But it's important that your wife knows who you're meeting with, who are these people. Oh, yeah. you could say, oh, you remember, you met so-and-so. Yeah. Like, her meeting them is so much different than you just saying, oh, yeah, I'm going to meet with this, like, fitness chick, because we're going to do something with her. It's like, that's... She might be like, well, wait a second. Right, right, (laughs) Right, right. right. Especially in the fitness industry. Right.
0: Right. Yeah, but, like, what I always tell people, especially when they're young, and how it was for me, and this is, I think, how it was for you with powerlifting... You know, balance can be looked at a bunch of different ways. And the way I always looked at balance was, I'm gonna give everything I have for this, the beginning part of my life, like the 19 years old to, you know, basically, I don't know, three years ago, like right. where I had no fucking life. And, and now, and then I would live the rest of my life with 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 whatever the fuck I want to do, right. you know what I mean? And that's worked well for me. And I encourage like younger people You know, to if they're wanting to be successful entrepreneurs, to really think about what balance means to them because a lot, most people, when you ask them what balance means, they look at it on a daily scale. They look at it as like, okay, I got to go to work at eight, I got to be home at four, I got to spend time with the family from this time to this time, and then I watch TV, and that's my balance. I got to have my TV time, and that shit ain't going to cut it. You know what I mean? Uh, you, You have to be all in at some point to be great at something. And when you have to, you know, when you're trying to cut it up on a daily scale, you've got, you're competing against people that don't fucking do that. Right. And so, you know, instead of, if you're a young entrepreneur, instead of trying to live by the list, you know, get married, have kids by the time you're 20 fucking two, (laughs) you know, like, how about this? How about you think about what you really want in your life and plan accordingly? And and like Gary says this a lot, like punt your 20s. I agree with that because that's what I did. You know what I mean? I didn't do shit in my 20s. And I did a little bit of shit for the last three or four years, but basically it's still work every day. Right. But it's, it's like you said, it's more inclusive of a life. Right. You know what I mean? Like, we've, like we like we live in a nice house now, and, like, we got a pool. So if we go do business, people come over and eat barbecue and shit like that. Right. You know what I mean? Or, like, I'll have some of the guys from the store over, and we'll talk about this or that, it, you know, while we're hanging out. But it's still considered work but it we created a family atmosphere and culture in our company to where it doesn't feel like it like it never really feels like work here to anybody i don't think it doesn't seem like
2: it yeah even though you're obsessed with it
0: right exactly (laughs) like nobody here is like you know there's guys that get burnt out you know what i mean but um and there's times that are tough like there's times a year that are a lot harder than other we gotta get a lot of shit done um but at the at the end of the day you know most of the time it's like yeah, we're doing this and that, but it's still a a family atmosphere. You know what I mean?
1: I want to circle back at something you were talking about, Mark. You were saying that it was actually an asset for you, that you weren't super book smart, Andy, you said the same thing, so that you don't overthink things, you don't go deep into it. But there's a lot of people that listen to us that I know are not are not like that. They right. are they they actually are very smart. They're three dimensional thinkers. Yeah. So what would you tell them about how to get mentally tough to where you're not overthinking things? You're you're strategic. You're thinking about things from different angles, but you're not just killing your action with overthinking anything. Like, do you have any practical tips, either one of you guys? To
2: yeah, a lot of people will have uh, like analysis paralysis, and the yeah, same thing happens. Sure. You see it with uh, it's happened to myself with training. Like you start to learn so much or or nutrition is a great example. Eggs are healthy. Eggs aren't healthy. Carbs are good. Carbs are bad. Like what the fuck? What do I do? And then so you just don't follow any plan and then you just self-destruct and you're not anywhere. Right.
0: You're three days in on something. You're like, fuck, this isn't working. You switch it up.
2: Right. right. Uh, My main advice to to people that are going to be strategic um, is just to kind of understand they're going to have to take they're going to have to take some risks and they're going to have to do something. Uh, it, depending on what they're shooting for, like if you want to be average and you want to just kind of sit in the middle, then, then maybe you don't ever really need to take much of a risk. But for myself, even though even though I'm a dreamer, there's never really been a time where I put myself in a compromising position especially from like a financial standpoint. I mean, the first order of slingshots, we, we put out like 25 grand or something like that. So, and, and when you don't have any money, that's an enormous amount of money. Oh yeah. So you don't have any dough. Yeah. That's 25,000 times more than the money that you actually have. Yeah. Right? <laughs> it's it. That's a lot of money when you don't have money, but in the grand scheme of things, you talk to any business person or somebody has been doing some big business for a while, $25,000 is not really much of anything. And so In terms of, like, uh, just because I'm a dreamer doesn't mean that I'm still not calculating in uh, some of the risks. Um, I guess a more accurate statement would be, like, I'm somebody who kind of already taxes in a lot of the ups and downs. Like, I already know I can't always ensure that everything will will get better, Mm -hmm. but I can ensure that things will be bad sometimes. Like, they for sure will be bad. There's going to be bad days. For me, days where, or even months, where the slingshot sales are lower than they were before. So for me personally, I know he said he's a numbers guy. I don't look at any of that because I don't want one thing to blow me one way or the other. Like I don't want to be like a leaf in the wind and get swept away towards thinking one thing or the other. I always just try to, um, whatever I'm thinking, whatever those gut feelings are, I try my best to... React off of those, but also not have those reactions be uh, anything that could really cost me. So those people that are cautious and those people that are calculated, I would just say that they need to just take that, they need to take that first step, mm-hmm. something that everyone needs to kind of look at. Like he was saying in the gym, and this really resonated with me, but he said in the gym, like, you know, when you're first starting to work out and you're first starting to like squat Maybe somebody squats two plates. Well, once they squat two plates, they might be thinking like, oh, man, it'd be cool to squat three plates someday. Right. But they're not really thinking about squatting 800 pounds at that moment. Mm -hmm. Maybe that is like a lifetime goal or whatever. But in my opinion, you have to be able to see what's in front of you, the steps in front of you. And you also have to be able to see the horizon. You also have to be able to see what's way out in front of you. Like, what's that... You know what's at the top of the stairs, as well as like what's directly in front of you.
0: Yeah, I think a lot of people ask that too. A lot of people are like, "Well, what am I better? Am I better doing setting gigantic goals or data goals or day goals?" I think both. Yeah, both. Mm -hmm. You break it down.
2: Well, also too, uh, you know, in terms of uh, in terms of goals, like why not make some of your goals like really easy so you can feel fucking awesome all day?
0: I saw a cool video on that just last night. It was uh, this. It was a retired uh, admiral, I believe. And he's like, "If you want to be successful in life, start with making your bed." He gave this really cool speech oh, yeah. on it. And I saw
2: you put up a thing about a somebody wrote a book, right? Making, or maybe somebody else put it up. I don't know. I was, uh, I, I was on Josh uh, Brolin's uh, Instagram, is where I saw it. It's yeah. Called "Make the Bed." It's yeah. Like a whole and thing and he
0: gives it. this little speech about making the bed. And he's like, "Look, when you get up and make the bed, you you feel a sense of pride about the 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 task that you accomplish, and that's going to make you want to go on." And accomplish another task, and then that task is going to make you want to accomplish success
2: breeds right. success, right?
0: And then he, and then he keeps going on and on, and he's like, "It was cool. it was funny." He goes, "And then some days they're just going to be shit, but when you come home, your bed's going to be made. <laughs> <laughs> you have some consistency right. in your life, right?" You know? And I just thought it was such a good point. Like, yeah, you know, and you know, dude, I'm I'm terrible at making the bed, so if I even claim that I do, right. my, my wife listens and she'll make fun of me for lying, me. but. <laughs> The point is I just never thought of it like that. Like right. literally
2: something yeah. that small. Yeah, keep your goals really small. I mean, right. it it might sound like a it might not even sound like a goal. Like I'm going to get my hair cut today. Yeah. Well, that is that is something you accomplished cuz you had a bunch of other stuff to do in that day and you got right. this other thing done. Right. Um, I'm going to work out today or what about just like winning like an hour or winning a moment like we're going to win lunch cuz we got a steak salad, right? That's right. And uh, just these kind of small these small victories can really really turn in turn into something much larger.
0: I think in nutrition that's super important too. Yeah. Like, dude, for me, I have, for the longest time have had the hardest time going out to eat and being able to order something, like having the discipline to yeah. not order like a pizza, right? <laughs> yeah. And now, and like now even to this day, like if I go out to eat and I order something that's on my plan, so to speak. Dude, I feel like I'm, I'm like, fuck yeah, that was a good, I did good there. Yeah. You know what I mean?
2: Well, and then you, you really start to feel uh, just really incredible in a lot of ways because you're, you're winning when you're here. You're in control. You're, you're winning with your diet. You're winning at home. And it, it just starts to spread even more and more. And you're like, you know, why, why can't I be ripped and rich at the same time? Why can't I be a meathead millionaire? Like, you, you can be. Yeah, there's things you got to you got to chip away at them over a long period of time. Um, it, it does take it does take a long time. But when it comes to your diet um, or it comes to anything that you're doing, you have to kind of break it down into its smallest form. So it's a little bit more digestible so you can understand it a little bit better. When it comes to any diet, you're always one meal away from being back on your plan. You know, you're always one meal away from being back out. But right. it was just one meal away for me. The keto style diet works so great because I love to eat out. Yeah, and eating out and trying to be calorie restricted is really hard. I'd probably be only be only able to eat like once or twice a day. Right. With that uh, kind of restriction, but not eating uh, carbohydrates, it's like you can go to almost any restaurant in the in the country and get uh, something that doesn't have carbs, like a steak or something. Right. Then it's a matter of replacing the mashed potatoes with uh, vegetables and right. things like that. Pretty easy get to eat butter, bacon, cheese. Right. I mean it's fucking awesome. Right, right,
0: right. Yeah, dude. I think uh, you know, it's important to acknowledge the small victories. You know, I think people, especially when you do have big goals, because I preach huge goals a lot, but it is important, you know, on a day by day basis to see your victories. You know, that's that's part of the planner that we just launched um that I was telling you about that yeah. we sold out of you know the powerless planner basically it's just a list of uh, five daily things that you need to win today, Right. you know, for for you to count the day as a win, and, and you know, you go to the next day, and if you win your five days, because I believe that it'd win- be a
2: huge mistake for you to sit here and think, oh, you know, first form's not in this position, so it's a failure, it's a disappointment, right? right. Exactly. Like no, no, no. It this is this is an awesome victory, and why not keep that fucking momentum going right. to wherever you foresee it being in right. like five years?
0: Right. And it take you know, when you're a driven person, it takes a it takes discipline. To not feel disappointed because you always feel behind.
2: Yeah. Satisfied athletes suck is what I always used to preach when I was a football coach. It's like you don't want, but at the same time, you do have to appreciate the stuff that you have. You really do. The people around you. I
0: struggle with that, man. Like (laughs) it's not easy. Like with uh with
2: overstimulated with business wise. Yeah. You know
0: what I mean? Because like it actually annoys me when people say, Oh, congratulations on all your success. I'm like, success. We haven't fucking done anything. Yeah, you get started. Like this is one tenth of what we're gonna do, right? You know, and but they don't realize that they're being polite. You know what I mean? Right. But like, it. I have to literally pull myself back and say, okay, dude, you started at the back of that fucking retail store, sleeping on a mattress that had a piss stain mm-hmm. that you didn't make. Right. You know what I mean?
1: You know, PJ had a really good uh, on his uh, Instagram. He had a really good distinction the other day between satisfied and gratified. Right. That that successful people are never satisfied, but you can be gratified. At the end of the day, you can say, Man, I'm 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 thankful that I reached this level today or I advanced this right. much today. And I, I think that's a good distinction to make. Yeah. Yeah, you, you could know?
2: still be a little frustrated that you're maybe not as far along as right. you want to be. Yeah. Right. Definitely, yeah. definitely room for that. I think one of the things I see in and oh. one of my favorite uh <laughs> whoa, who let the dogs out? Well, oh. mailman's here.
1: <laughs> yep. mailman just died dog attacked him yeah had a dog attack out the outside Um, the studio guys
2: yeah the uh one of the one of the people that i admire right now a lot is is conor mcgregor yeah and i i just love the way that that guy is able to diffuse uh situations And yeah like he's real brash and he's over the top and he's gonna be like cocky and everything but he took that uh that loss that he had dude um, that was
0: awesome to Nate Diaz, wasn't it? To, yeah. yeah.
2: To, he, to, he took that loss like a real champion. You know, he was like... He's humble. He was the better man for today. Yeah. I tried to do a couple things, and I and it didn't really work. And um, had I stayed at this body weight a little bit longer, I think I would have done better. But he didn't discredit him, and he didn't no. say I would have beat him. No, dude. He was like, I think I could have done better. Yeah. But he's he got a very, uh, like, stoic mindset yeah. to where he's not letting anything... Uh, pull him in the wrong direction. And he's talked himself into this Mayweather fight. Yeah. He's going to win. Yeah. Like it's in his fucking brain that he's yeah. going to win. Yeah. He, he knows it for sure. Yeah. And <laughs> the momentum is mounting. And a lot of people are now like he might win. Yeah. Well, now the advantage and all that momentum and all that energy inside that building on that night is going to be on Conor McGregor's side. It is. With every punch and every... Whether he lands one or not, the crowd's going to go fucking crazy. Yeah. That's going to play into Mayweather's strategy. Yeah. And who the fuck knows what can happen then? Dude, I
0: think that's the best thing about that fight is nobody fucking knows. Nobody knows. Yeah.
2: And everybody's... All the guys
0: picking McGr- or, uh, uh Mayweather. Mayweather. Yeah. They're, they're, you know, they're like, oh, yeah, you know... Greatest boxer ever. Yeah, yeah. And it's like, dude, look, man, there's at least enough doubt in this fight... That you can't say for sure who's yeah. gonna win. I, there's well, just no and, way
2: and McGregor is the one who has planted the seed. Yeah. You know, and and Mayweather Mayweather can't go through throughout his whole career unscathed. They, yeah. They, they talk about him being the greatest boxer of all time. Well, you can't be the greatest of all time until there's been a really, really harsh struggle. Yeah. Really a lot of as we talked about throughout the whole podcast, a lot of resistance. Yeah. And he really hasn't had much. Right. You know, Ali had to lose to people that he had to come back and beat.
0: Yeah. Shit like that, or yeah. Ali beat. Yeah, George the greatest boxer of all time isn't record, and it's not. It's not money made. Right. It's it's how you overcome adversity. It's the story. It's the legacy. Yeah.
2: And Mike Tyson, unfortunately, probably the most talented, most explosive, one of the most athletic, and most self destructive people of our time. Yeah, he's right. super self destructive. And then he. And I love Mike Tyson. I love Mike yeah. Tyson too, but he he's not going to get the credit no. as being one of the all time greats. He never really avenged a loss. You know, right. like he. Once he lost to Buster Douglas, which is the biggest just, upset in boxing it, yeah. history. It's kind of over. Uh, it was, it was kind of over. And then you kind of forget about how dominant he was. But, like, yeah. who was he dominant against? He dominated so well, there wasn't enough resistance right there for, for you to view him as, like, uh, being great. Meanwhile, Ali had to beat, like, Joe Frazier. You yeah. know, Ali got his jaw broken in the first round against Joe Frazier. Still finished the fight, even yeah. though he lost. I mean, all kinds of crazy shit like yeah, that. Yeah,
0: the, the, the cool thing about... Ali and Foreman too. Is they both they both fought like fighters from different eras. Yeah, and did well. You <laughs> yeah. know what I mean? They kind of like bridged the gap. You know what I mean? Uh, but dude, I'm pumped for that fight. Yeah, yeah it like, should be it should yeah. be pretty cool. Who do you think's gonna win? <laughs> Who man? I honestly I don't know. I don't know. I'm, I'm hoping McGregor wins. Yeah, like I love McGregor too. And like for the same reason that you said, I I I think because I'm big on like. I think humility and 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 cockiness both have their place in life. Right. I don't like a lot of people shit on cockiness, like it's like it's the wrong thing. I believe that in preparation you should be humble, In competition you should be cocky. And you know, I think I just love everything that he is. Like yeah. you
2: know, like i give not afraid to say he's the greatest. No, you know? he's not right. afraid to just. But you look he's at been other, saying it for years. Too. You
0: look at anybody who's like great entertainer, which is what he is. He's an entertainer. Right. You know, he's is he an athlete? Yes, but he is an entertainer, which is why he fucking earns the money that he makes. He's figured out how to make money. Yes. And you look at the Rock. The Rock on and he's playfully cocky a lot. And then he's humble. You know what I mean? Like it's a good dynamic. It's he's a cool dynamic balance. Yeah, and I just I don't know, man. I I really hope that he wins. I to ask me who I think is going to win, logically, I I really don't know. I would say the fight is probably going to go a lot like Mayweather's fights. Right, he's going to move around. Connor's going to have a hard time hitting him. I do think if Connor hits him though, he's going to do a lot of damage.
2: Yeah, you might be. And bad.
0: and on any day in a fight, that's the good thing about a fight, dude. You know, it's like any given Sunday, any given fight. Right. It only takes one hit. So I I don't. I mean, I definitely do not count him out. I want him to win.
2: One of one of my friends, uh, George Lockhart, does a lot of the diet and stuff for a lot of the UFC yeah. fighters, and he's been working uh, with McGregor. And I w- was on the phone with him, and we podcasted with him uh, while he was working directly with him uh, when they were out in uh, Ireland. And he just said, like, he's like, man, he's like, I've worked with him before. He's like, this is different. He's like, he's he always trains really hard. He's always one of the hardest workers I've ever worked with, but... He's like he's on another level right now for this fight, and I was like, "Fuck, man, that's cool." So, he's got everybody in his corner. Yeah, you know, feeling the same way that he does when he's yeah. talking. He's not like talking out his ass. Like he really, he really feels like he has a great chance to win the yeah. fight, and he's convinced himself of it. And I, I really, I think admire, if that's true, like I admire the, that mindset, dude. It's a necessary
0: mindset to yeah. do big things. Right. I mean, if you're gonna do big things. I mean, he's got half the world saying he's fucking crazy right now. Right, half the world, fifty percent, maybe even more, maybe seventy percent, saying, "Dude, there's no chance. There's no fucking chance." And that's such that's such a big obstacle for people who want to start a business because they'll come out, or they want to be good inside of a company. You know, right. they'll come out and say, you know, they're, they're a warehouse guy and say, "One day I want to be vice president of the company." People are like, "Dude, you just sweep the fucking floors," and that's the kind of shit they hear. And right. and dude. Developing the ability to believe your own path is right. such a huge deal of success. And I think if he really does believe that, he'll probably fucking win. You know what I mean? Yeah. I you very rarely see somebody who is that has that much conviction in their plan, in their in their mission that that just doesn't that doesn't happen. You know, I'm a big believer right. in the law of attraction. Like uh and that when you put thoughts out there and focus on them. Yeah, it that comes back to you. They do. And uh you know if he's really if he's really believes it from his heart it's going to be hard to beat him
2: i always think you know the fight you know i saw that quote that you have on your uh, table out there and i I've, I've been a firm believer of that for many years that the fight is against yourself yeah. you know so here's Conor mcgregor talking himself into uh, pulling off this insane upset against what's viewed as the greatest boxer of all time uh, many of us talk ourselves out of stuff every single day it's really easy for you to come in here uh, on a certain day on a Monday and you have a meeting. Everyone's all fired up. Yeah, this is what we're going to fucking do. And then all the follow through that happens and all the struggle and all the resistance that happens from trying to put some of those plans in place. They hit you in the face and you're like, uh and then it starts to be very easy to talk yourself out of some of those things. Something as simple as uh, waking up at 5 a.m. What's the what's the. Who cares about what time you wake up? Like time is made up, right? Like we, we made it up so that we can fucking get up a certain time and be in sync with the sun or whatever. It, it really doesn't matter that much. But what does it show you? It shows you a form of discipline. It gives you a form. I said I was going to do this. Now I'm doing this. I said that I was going to set out to do that. Now I'm, I'm going to eat better. It's very easy to talk yourself out of stuff, though. You might you might uh, be watching TV and maybe you're fucking eating some Ben and Jerry's, and you're like, you know what? This is the last fucking thing. This is it. I'm throwing this away. And then tomorrow I start my plan. Well, the next day pops up something. Your buddy texts you and he wants to go grab breakfast. He wants to go grab all you can eat pancakes, and there you are eating motherfucking pancakes. Right. You know it's so easy to talk to yourself. It, things things just always seem like they're so difficult, and they're really just they're not that hard. Um, but the you know the uh, sexiness of uh, of not of not doing the stuff you're supposed to do is uh, more attractive a lot of times it's than doing what you're the supposed to, right what you're supposed to do but each and every day we're faced with these corners
1: mm-hmm.
2: everybody's faced with these corners and i think successful people go they go around those corners they continually go around those corners and they make squares and rectangles and people that fall short are making circles. They're so right. going in circles. There's dude
0: there's no fucking doubt. That is the biggest difference between people who are successful at anything they set out to do and people who who never can do it. It's it's doing circles versus squares. Yeah. You know what I mean? We
2: it's, have a lot of people are, uh, that we're friends with um that we that we hear talk about stuff all the time and my wife and I will talk about it later and we're just like, "Man, I just really disappointed because I know that they're not going to do that like I, I wish they did right I wish they did do that I wish they went through with that but then you're like they, they've they been saying a lot of that stuff for a long time they probably aren't going to do it and you're like
0: fuck yeah and you know dude the thing like about you want to see them like oh, dude, enjoy some
2: of the stuff no that,
0: question no question but the, the biggest thing about the circles and the squares that you're talking about and you did a video on Instagram that I loved talking about that where you're actually walking around and Yeah, yeah, yeah right. it's the fucking truth the success, I always, dude, I give a similar talk. The success is always found in the corners. It's, yeah. it's not found in the middle, that's where everybody is. It's at the right. corners. And when you cut the corners, you're cutting on success. And that, that the the I think the thing to note here for people listening is that that is a fucking habit. That's a habit of yours. If you're doing the circles in your workouts, and your business, you're doing them everywhere else. You know, it's a very contagious habit. You know what I mean? And yeah. I, that's why you thats why you see people who are, you know, crazy. Jeff Bezos, who owns fucking Amazon, yeah. basically the richest dude on the earth right now. Dude, that motherfucker don't cut corners. Look at his business. Look at his physique. The guy's fucking ripped. Yeah, he's in good shape. Yeah. yeah, you know what I'm saying? Like... He, he used to be like when they were when business was bad. He was like a skinny little nerd. Yeah. Now business is good, and he's fucking jacked. He's he, getting into doing stuff in space now. Yeah, he's like not, What the fuck? But he ain't cutting no fucking corners. Yeah. I guarantee you that. And you find that with every successful person. I mean, dude, if you follow The Rock on on Instagram, motherfucker's up at 4 o'clock in the morning doing cardio. Then he's lifting weights at 3 in the afternoon yeah. every day with a schedule that's 10 times harder than any of ours.
2: And if you were to ask him if he can do a better job, he'd say, fuck yeah.
0: Yeah, exactly. There's right? always more you can do. Dude, Tim Grover talks about that. That's the si- Have you read that book, Relentless, by Tim Grover? No. Dude, I'll you check it out. must read. Fucking amazing book. And he's an amazing dude. He's Michael Jordan's performance coach. And, oh, and, I've definitely heard of him yeah. before, yeah. Um, Kobe Bryant, Dwayne Wade, right. ton of big athletes. Right. So, but he's mainly, like, a, not, I mean, he's a physical coach, too, but his main thing is, like, mental coaching. Right. And, dude, he has this uh, this term for people who are, like, obsessive fucking, uh, basically obsessive, obsessed with success, and he right. calls it a cleaner. And how you know as a cleaner is that you always feel like there's more to do. Right. Like no matter what you achieve, you always feel like you could have done better. And right. he said that's the number, he said cleaners, he said if someone thinks they're a cleaner, they're not a cleaner. <laughs> because it's the guy who thinks that he always has more to do and can right. always do better that yeah. is the true cleaner. And I found that interesting because him and I were talking and. We were talking. I was talking about myself, and I'm like, I don't know, man. Like, I read your book, and I'm like, man, I don't know if I would fit into that cleaner. He goes, that means you're a cleaner. That means you're in. Yeah, right. <laughs> and he explained why, and I'm like, man, that actually makes pretty good sense. Yeah. You know, I still don't feel like I'm a cleaner even after he told me that. Mm-hmm. I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> you know, but the thing of it is, is that the the, the the cutting the corners, man. It's real easy to get. That's a slippery slope. Yeah. You know, it's real easy to cut a corner in one area of your life, and then all of a sudden. You're doing it everywhere, right. and it's 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 also contagious the other way. If you make a commitment to to put in the actual attention to detail in the corner that makes the success at work, eventually you're going to start looking at your physical self, and then when you, right. or, or vice versa, and eventually it all kind of melds together. You know that's why people who have their shit together have their shit together because right. they're not cutting the fucking corners off anywhere.
2: I had a, a friend of mine uh, came into the gym a while back, and, and I was working on him with, uh, for, for uh, some squats and stuff like that. And I haven't known him for that long, but as I'm communicating with him, I've noticed, like, he won't look me in the eye, and he's real shy and timid. And, like, even when he, like, does a lift, he's, like, he's pretty, like, timid. And I'm like, oh, you know, okay, that's just, like, his personality, whatever. You know, everybody's everybody's different. Some people like to get real fired up before they do a lift. I like to make a big a big fucking scene of it just because yeah. that fits me well. And I, I feel good that way. Yeah. Um, everybody's a little different when it comes to some of those things. But as we got talking a little bit later in the day, he mentions to me about his son playing baseball. He's like my son, you know, he's like 13 and playing baseball. And he's like, he's like, it's a mean thing to say about your son. He's like, but my son's kind of a pussy, you know, like he's just real timid. He's up there, barely holding the bat. He'll barely swing at the ball, and I'm just thinking, like, bro, yeah, he's, yeah, he's an exact replica. Yeah. I didn't, I didn't say that, but I was kind of thinking that in my head, and I said, hey, you know what? I said it's really hard to think back to when you were younger, the way that you really were. Right. I was like you got a warp Like everyone has a warped image of the way that they were. Yeah. And for you or I to sit here, like we're sitting pretty in a lot of ways. Right. Like, we have things really fucking good. We have a really enjoyable life, and we have a lot of fucking fun every day. And it's kind of easy for us to look back and be like, I don't get it. Why, don't, why aren't you fucking savage? Yeah. Well, a lot of us didn't start out that way. A lot right. of us started out very timid. Like, for myself, I was, I was crippled by the fact that I wasn't, quote, unquote, smart. That, like, damaged me forever. I, I couldn't, I, I, qu- I, quote, unquote, couldn't. I didn't think I could do a lot of things. I didn't think a lot of things were available to Dude, me. Dude, I, a teacher I straight didn't think up I could have a regular me. job.
0: I had a teacher straight up tell me. You're not that fucking smart.
2: Yeah, dude, I had a teacher
0: tell me it was on like a third grade reading level and stuff. I mean, it was dude, terrible. when I took my ACT, I had a, I had a teacher tell me that if I got an 18, I should be fucking thrilled. <laughs> I fucking went out the night, so I'm like, fuck it, I don't care about the ACT. Right. I'm, you know, because I told him I wanted to go to like Duke or something, and he goes, I didn't know where the fuck I wanted to go. Yeah, I, yeah, I just happened. thought Duke was cool. <laughs> and he goes, he goes, yeah, he goes, uh, Andy, and I'll never forget his words. He goes, Andy, Duke's for like the cream of the crop. He's You're like, there. yeah, and he's like, you, you need to like think about if you get like an eighteen, maybe getting into like a state school or something. That's you where you that, that's where you belong. And I'm like, all right, well, fuck it, I don't care, dude. You know what I scored on an ACT? A fucking thirty. <laughs> yeah, and they thought because my grades were bad that I wasn't fucking intelligent. Right. And, the, and it turns out that their classes were too fucking boring and not <laughs> challenging. Right. So I didn't give a shit. You know what I mean? So, but the point is, is like, dude, people, I've had people straight up tell me to my face, like, dude, you're not fucking smart. You're not capable of this. And when you're a kid, that's
2: why would you, why would you doubt it? Right. You know what I mean? Right. And so my my point is, though, if you're listening to this and you're trying to get yourself heading in the right direction and you you think it's overwhelming or you want to figure out a way to be rich or whatever it is, just take it one step at a time, start working on something Every single day, maybe maybe you set aside 20 minutes. Maybe the only thing that you do right now, maybe the only action that you take, maybe all you do is read for 20 minutes or watch YouTube for 20. Like If you don't like to read, like I'm not a big reader, then I'll watch YouTube videos. i right. watch all kinds of different stuff to try to learn uh, things that are kind of outside my comfort zone. I've, I've done all kinds of things that have that haven't been comfortable for me. I, I own a, uh, my wife and I own a publication called power magazine and I'm the editor of power magazine, a guy that finishes high school on a third grade reading level, you know? So you gotta be, you know, kind of willing to do some things that are outside your comfort zone. I made a fucking rap video. How <laughs> long not it doesn't get any more uncomfortable than that? I don't yeah. know if you guys ever seen that, but you got to see it if you never have, it's just me having fun. It's just me like not being scared to kind of make some of those jumps. And My point is I haven't always been that way. I became a savage or became a meathead millionaire through the process of fighting a lot of resistance every single day and recognizing at some point having this clarity of, oh, my God, I'm like swinging punches at everybody else, but it's like fight club. (laughs) You know, I should be swinging punches at myself. Yeah. I need to straighten myself the fuck out. Yeah. I need to get myself heading in the right direction. So don't feel overwhelmed. There's nothing to feel overwhelmed about. There's no rush. There's no rush to be successful. There's no rush for your your product to sell uh, 200% more. Like it'll just, it'll just keep happening. Right. As long as you created a great culture, keep a great positive mindset, continue to work. Every You're going to, the work's already going to be done. You already know that's going to happen. All those other things are going to fall into place. So let me, something
0: you said there I think should be noted is, you know, you spoke about the adversity, right? Like, uh, um, and, and, and how things, you're doing things that are uncomfortable. And I think when you, when you teach yourself to make a habit out of doing things that are uncomfortable, and you tell me what you think, but because I do, I do the same thing. You, you start to realize that there's nothing to be afraid of. Right. And it's just it's another parallel yeah. to the gym. It's huge. Right? Like like the more times you go in, like the resistance that you face, it gets lighter, it gets easier. Yeah. It gets easier to move. And when you when you start to do things that are outside your comfort zone and there there you find out that not only is there nothing to be afraid of, it's you actually enjoy it. Yeah, you know, and a lot of things that you're most afraid of are going to be the things that provide amazing experiences that you'll remember forever. And but I definitely think the most valuable thing there is, you know, once you make a habit of doing things that aren't necessarily comfortable, you lose the fear of doing things. And I think the fear of doing things is what ultimately keeps people in the same spot.
2: Yeah, and there's nothing more scary than not moving forward to me. Well, I agree. So that's what that's or
0: what, frustrating.
2: Yeah, like, that's it drives what, me insane that's what drives me and to try to stay in your comfort zone all the time you're you're not going to really get a lot of great results out of it Um, a small example of it is like I do a a video every week called hustle mania follows me around to some of the different things that I do uh, and it just gives you some perspective on on the business side of things and view wise that's not going to have the same amount of views as if I bench 500 pounds for a few reps But the whole point is, is that we're trying something different. We're showcasing something totally different and we're getting out to a new audience. Right. If we just keep doing the same thing, we might pick up some new people here and there, but it's not going to have the same impact as trying something different. Right. The pain of change is, seems greater, uh, than, than the pain of staying the same, but staying the same is the worst because if you're not getting better, you're getting worse. Right. Technically kind of going backwards. Yeah, dude.
0: It's like, it's like, uh, when people boil, uh. Boil frog and boiling water. You put the frog in there, in regular water, and it don't won't jump out. And you slowly turn the heat up until it's boiling. It won't jump out of the water, and that's what that's what staying the same is like. Right? How, how do you we, know all this, good. <laughs> dude? We do weird shit here in the Midwest. You gotta you gotta <laughs> test certain things yeah. out a certain way. Yeah, yeah i got to have Peter calling me.
1: Um, so I have one final question for you guys, but I, do you want to take a second just to no? I want I want to ask
0: how how he got slingshot going because i'm interested to hear about that so like for a guy who doesn't consider himself smart um you know you came up with a pretty badass invention that's really affected an entire industry in in a really good way so tell tell people um first of all what the slingshot is because a lot of people aren't lifters, and then also uh let's talk about how you know how did, because you didn't own a business before that, right? That's, that was just, okay, I'm going to do this, create this invention. Yeah. So let's talk about that. Because a lot of people yeah. want to, they, they're like, oh, I have this idea. Right. But they don't know how to do it. You know what right. I mean?
2: I'll tell you, you know, uh, just before I dive into some of the beginning stages of that, the hardest thing of all this has been um, being somebody who has uh, some creativity and being somebody who is an inventor of three United States patents. um. Inventing something and owning a business ha- Are not related to each other Right It's not like they it's You not just like, invent this thing And all of a sudden millions of dollars come Yeah it's not right. like they, they really don't have any correlation at all actually. Exactly um, Although you know Being the inventor of the product I might have some insight On how to market it Maybe differently than somebody else But that's about it Right uh, I'm not going to know how to like Manage a warehouse Or or have um, employees or I right. don't know anything Any of that So all this was very foreign to me. The slingshot started out uh, by me getting injured in the gym uh, multiple times. I tore my pec three times. The slingshot is a supportive upper body device that I created to allow me to get like through and around a lot of these injuries that I was facing. Every time I tried to increase my bench strength, I'd end up just tweaking my pec. I must have tweaked it. 15 different times I did the same and same thing. had about three tears yeah and I was like what is going on so then I started learning more about the body I started learning more about okay like dude this is kind of dumb like you're working the front of your body a lot you're not working the back of your body you're not ever stretching and the muscles in the front are getting tight and they're pulling you forward and this and that so I worked on a bunch of different things at the time I was trying to do anything and everything I possibly could to get stronger and to figure out what was standing in my way of, of getting better And so I was in the gym one day um, by myself, and I threw on a bench shirt. Well, a bench shirt is a powerlifting device that allows you to handle a lot more weight than you can normally bench press. Originally, the bench shirt was designed with similar intentions to a slingshot, where it's supposed to simply be supportive enough to get you out of pain. But then over the years, as competition got greater, they made these bench shirts insane. They made them really tight and really crazy, and they allow you to lift 100 pounds, 200 pounds over your best. So, I'm wearing this big bench shirt in the gym one day, and I, I just uh, I'm just coming off a torn pec, and I was like, ah, oh, let me just let me just try like 135, you know, even though I shouldn't be touching anything because I I have, it wasn't a full pec tear, but I'm injured, you know, and so I try 135 while wearing this like large bench shirt, and I was like, I was like, man, that worked. I was actually able to do it, and I didn't experience any pain. And so I just kind of sat there for a little bit and I was kind of looking at this bench here and I'm like, well, this thing's fucking ugly and, and no one in the ass too. yeah, no one in their right mind would ever buy one of these to like just work out, right? I'm like, how do I create something where you, that you could just like work out and it's a little bit more casual that looks a lot cooler. That is uh, easy to put on and comfortable. Like, the bench shirt's really uncomfortable. It takes multiple people to get them on. You can't even really normally cha- train in a full range of motion unless you have, like, 110% of your max on the Yeah, car.
0: you guys have to realize it's like...
2: Put, put on, a straight jacket. Yeah,
0: put on your, your fucking little brother's shirt, but it's made out of, like, super stretchy material that, like, has the ability to make you not be able to move unless in you're under cases, tensions
2: yeah in some cases it would be made out of uh uh denim some some cases yeah. it'd be made out of like what your jeans are made out of yeah. so it'd be really just a sh- super powerful material and I knew that that wasn't going to be the ticket and then plus those things were very expensive and just unattractive looking and x y and z and so I started playing around with a bunch of different ideas on things that I thought would work really well and I was putting my shirt on one day and as I was putting my shirt on I put uh, the shirt over both arms before I put the shirt over, over my head. And I was just kind of sitting there and I was shoving my elbows back with this shirt, uh, kind of crossing over my chest. And I was like, I was like, Oh shit. I'm like, that would, that would be it. Something that supports your elbows. And I started thinking like, where do you spot somebody when they do like incline dumbbell bench, boom, right on the elbows. And uh, then I started thinking about it more and I'm like. That really makes a lot of sense because the only thing that really travels anywhere when you're bench pressing is your elbows. Everything right. else is just kind of sitting there, right? So I started playing around with a bunch of different ideas. All of them were pretty terrible. I was, uh, I, I bought like really tight Under Armour shirts and tried to put them just over my arms and see what that would do. None of that was really resulting in, in anything. Uh, I kicked the idea around to some different companies um that were popular at the time in, in uh in power and in the fitness space and they're like sounds like a horrible idea we don't know what you're talking about so that happened several times i'm talking about talking yourself out of something that negativity talked me right out of of like moving forward i was like ah you know what like that's like the third person in a row that told me that's a fucking bad idea So maybe like maybe it's a shit idea you know Then I have this conversation with my, with my dad and my dad, my dad's amazing. I think every time he talks, there should be like a little bit of music should hit behind (laughs) him because everything he says, like this epic speech, solid gold. Yeah. And he's like, Hey, he's like, you know, did you know that this guy tried to do this, this many times? And, uh, Heinz ketchup, it's got the 57 on it. It's like because they're 57 thing. Uh, uh, the Model T Ford, it's, it, it's T. It's from the the alphabet. They had A B C D all the way to T, and then the Model T is famous forever, right? right. The Ford company and everything. So he's giving me like some positive reinforcement. And I'm like, oh man, I, I just don't. What am I gonna do? Like make it myself? I'm like, I don't, I don't know. Like that doesn't make any. How am I gonna? How am I gonna make something myself? I don't. I don't uh, have a business or to understand any of that. I don't know what any of that means. Let me fast forward about a year of this idea, just kind of dying and just kind of sitting around a little bit. And I still was thinking about it constantly, but I, I just didn't know what to really do with it. And uh, my oldest brother, Mike, uh, who some of you may have seen in Bigger, Stronger, Faster, he passed away. He was bipolar, drug addicted, kind of the whole nine yards. Very similar story to... Many of the people listening to this that probably have a relative or friend who's gone through something similar. Anyway, when he died, that made an impact on me. Like, you know what, dude? Like, who gives a fuck what people like? Don't be so tied up with what people think or other, or or concerns that even I have myself. Just go try it. Like, just what's the worst thing that can happen? Just go do it. You know, my brother's fucking dead. He loved he loved working out. He loved training. He's the one who showed me. Uh, how to work out and I'm like I kind of like I owe it to him to figure this fucking thing out and I, my goal and my mission is to make the world a better place to lift, and I better fucking get going right now I went to sleep that night and it was maybe a night or day or two had passed since he died and uh, it was craziest dream I don't believe in like uh, in aliens and like weird shit or anything or ghosts or anything like that um, but I swear it felt like somebody was right in my fucking ear and it just said think. And I woke up with chills. I was like, I didn't, I felt sick. I don't know what the fuck was going. On. I was just terrified, but it made me think. And then, so I started from that day on, I was like, I need to fucking figure this thing out myself. I need to get going on this project right away. And so that was just kind of start of it. I started playing around with different materials. Um, I uh, had a wrist wrap that I that I held together in the middle, um, my or my dad was holding it together in the middle, and I wrapped it around both arms. We like rigged up this piece of shit looking thing, and I go to pull my arms back, and my dad's standing in front of me, and it, it, the, the uh, Velcro pops off of it and it hits him in the face. He's like, "Well, shit, that ain't gonna work." <laughs> and I was like, "No, you know what though? That was the feel. That was that's the way it should be. That's that's the way it needs to be." And so, need a Velcro spotter. yeah 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 you need someone to kind of protect you when you're wearing a damn thing right so once I once I kind of had the overall concept down now it's a matter of like getting material so I was like okay if it's made out of like a wrist wrap or knee wrap that would be the consistency I'm looking for and I played around with a few different things and I found a material that I really liked and I was like just like sewn together you know two knee wraps sewn together and then yeah, that would, I think that would work really well. So I met with my wife's friend. My wife's a swimmer, and uh, she swam for the University of Kansas and, and still swims today in a master's program. And one of her swim friends uh, made swimsuits for a lot of a lot of their friends uh, out of, like, this Lycra material. And my wife was like, I think that she would maybe be able to sew this thing together for you. And so I met her out of Starbucks right, like, uh, within – 50 to 75 feet of that starbucks was a fitness 19 gym and so when i met her um i met her at starbucks one day told her the design told her what i was looking for she's like yeah i can do that i was like it's got to be strong you know so she's like i'll just use strong thread it shouldn't be a problem so met her like the next week she had a couple uh, prototypes done I walked in that fitness 19 the way I walk into every single gym like I own the goddamn place because that's the way you get through the front door without ever paying. Cause I'm a cheap bastard. <laughs> I'm never gonna pay. Just stroll in, be like, "Hey, is Bob here?" Like pretend that you you know someone there. I can walk right to the bench and uh, throw the slingshot on and try to bench 135 with it. And I just started repping it out like it was nothing, and I got up off the bench and just head to toe uh, goosebumps. I'm like, this is fucking it. I'm like, this is going to be, this is going to be a fucking big idea. So I went back to my wife's friend and said, Hey, I need you to make like a handful of these cause I got to test this shit out in the gym. And there was a matter of like finding manufacturing and stuff from there. And it took, you know, a little trial and error. Uh, the first batch that we had sucked and uh, for some reason had some crazy smell to it cause of the dye that they used. And so my wife and I tried to, we tried to wash them at home and, and get some of that dye out. And it actually ended up breaking our fucking washer, which is was like the <laughs> last thing we needed. So we were, we were already broke and, uh, we had the possibility of, of, losing our house at the time. And, um, so it was a big investment to eat, to try to get the damn thing going, but that's kind of how the product, um, came to be. And then I ended up having some fortune, which I'm sure, uh, you had a little stroke of, of fortune here or there along the way that were kind of pivot points for you. And and this was really something that was awesome. Uh, I had two friends that were going to throw in a little bit of money. Uh, one friend backed out. Um, then my dad stepped in. He's like, yeah, I, you know, I'll try to help. So my dad was going to throw in a little bit of money for this first order. And then had another friend on the hook for it too. And like last minute he backed out. And so we thought that we would get, you know, get the money out, uh, to the manufacturer. We thought that we just had to give them like half the money. Then they would send the product and we give them the other half. But We had like a misunderstanding. Uh, they wanted half. And then before they shipped them, they wanted the other half. So we're just learning the ropes. We didn't know what the hell. Right, right. on, Right. So, uh, Now we're on the hook. We need the money within a a couple days because these people manufactured this product for us. They're waiting for the other half of their money. And uh, I start to think of my friends. And as I was mentioning earlier, like I don't really like to ask people for stuff. So this was a huge deal to me to ask somebody for something. But uh, I had a really good friend. His name is John Hennigan. He used to be a professional wrestler, used to be on WWE. Now he's working on uh, directing and writing some of his own uh, feature films and stuff like that. And so... You know, I call him up, and he—he uh, he and I became pretty good friends while I was in OVW, which is a professional wrestling uh, uh, training ground for the WWE. And I was telling him, I was like, "Hey, man, I was like, remember that idea I was telling you about that, that product that I had? I was telling you about that slingshot thing. Remember all that?" And he goes, "Yeah, yeah." He's like, "He's like, how's that going?" I said, "Well, I said I made him. Uh, I said the problem is, I was like, I was like, I need some money." And he's like, "He's like, what do you need?" I was like, well, it's kind of a lot. He's like, just he's like, just tell me. I don't care. What is it? I was like, twenty five grand. And he's like, he'll be at your front door front door tomorrow morning. He overnighted a check for fucking twenty five grand. Holy shit. Just that one shot of fucking generosity. Yeah. I mean, launched our family into something that's been super beneficial and amazing for us uh forever. Yeah. So and you know, I'm still thankful to him to this very day. You know, and I remember And I had the conversation with him. I was like, dude, I'm going to pay you back. And like, like I can, cause I was so, I was so into the product. I thought for sure that these things were going to like fly off the shelves, like hotcakes and that we were going to make all our money back like right away. And I was like, "I'll, I'll pay you back in like six months. He's like, you know what, I I, I kinda of have a feeling that it's gonna take you, you know, longer than six months just to pay it back and we ended up paying him back. Uh, we did end up selling all the product that we ordered. My prediction was that we'd be able to do it in a year and it took us about fourteen months. So we we're able to fly through a product that people at that time Didn't even know existed. Didn't know existed right. and didn't know they needed. Right. So when I look back on it now I'm like, Man, I was really You're creating a market. Yeah, that's
1: a that's a lot yeah.
0: different than launching a product that, for a market that exists. Yeah, protein it powder. Takes, oh yeah,
2: I'm familiar. Exactly. With protein powder. Oh, it this t- one tastes better than that one. I'm going to buy that right.
0: one. Right. But the first guy that created <laughs> protein powder <laughs> right.
2: had his fucking work cut out for him. <laughs> right.
0: You know, you're creating a you're creating an entire market which involves education process. <laughs> yeah. It doesn't involve just selling some shit. Yeah. So you know, when you think 14 months, and you're listening to this. Realize that how extremely fast that is for what they had to do.
2: Yeah, I think it was about Andy, it was about Andy 5,000, right? 4,000 slingshots, something like that? Yeah, about 5,000 slingshots yeah. or something like that. Fuck, I'm now
0: about, you see them everywhere. Yeah. Dude, I can't even see. I mean, I don't know how many of you guys have sold, but, like, dude, it is, it's changed the way people train. I think train. we've
2: sold about half a million of them. Yeah. Yeah, somewhere in that range. That's So crazy. it's safe to say this was overnight success, right? Yeah, yeah. absolutely, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, all you have to do, like, to invent a product and to be wealthy is just tear your peck a couple
0: times. Yeah, no shit.
2: Put 600 pounds in the bar, and I'm sure that'll be... uh, I've torn mine a couple times, bro. That ain't no joke. And then, I mean, pretty much from there, it's just a matter of, like, creating products around the brand. And then, like, I didn't know... So is that what you're
0: doing now? Are you doing, uh, like, line extension products? So you have the Slingshot, Slingshot product. And then what else are you working on?
2: Yeah, we so we're working on uh, other variations of slingshot. We're right. working on a, uh, we call it slingshot sport, which is more designed for push-ups, like specifically to yeah. help people that really struggle with push-ups yeah. to hit a little bit more of that general fitness crowd. That's um, a great idea. Yeah, the slingshot itself works great for dips, and it yeah. works great for push-ups. Uh, but we wanted to create something that still sometimes a slingshot, when it comes to something like a push-up, uh, I still see some women struggle Dude, to be you know, able to there's do There's a
0: huge, so. huge market for that exists in the CrossFit world oh, too. Yeah. You know, people who right. are who are having to scale their workouts because they can't do push ups right. Right. Yeah, that's a great idea.
2: So we made we we made a bunch of offshoot products like that that are more of like a sport line. The things are a little bit more passive. When I originally made the slingshot, I didn't really realize that I didn't have an understanding. You were kind of mentioning earlier, like you don't understand sometimes when someone's lazy. Sometimes I don't have a comprehension of what strong, what strong or weak is, because I'm around some nasty motherfuckers that all lift some crazy that's weights. That's right. Yeah. So like I, I kind of lost my right perception of, of right. Where oh you,
0: oh you bench four plates. That I mean, ain't shit. Yeah, that's yeah. cute. You know, right. Really exactly. Pat on the back. Right. where you going to any other gym and a dude who's benching four <laughs> plates is the strongest motherfucker in there? Yeah.
2: People are all excited. Yeah. Right? And so. For me, I didn't really realize that that first slingshot that we made was going to be a little bit too strong for a lot of people. Yeah, the assistance that you gave that it gave you uh, was almost ended up being like a, a too stiff of a, of a resistance for them to keep their form on the way down. Right. So I had to go back and and, and make one that was uh, more flexible. Had right, to, right. So that's, that's when I made the like reactive slingshot. And then we were also having an audience chiming in. You probably get this all the time. Oh, it'd be cool if you made this. And <laughs> yeah. if it makes sense, sometimes right. you do, right? Yeah. It's yeah. always good to listen
0: to your customers, but sometimes <laughs> you got to know what
2: to not listen the to. Customer's it. always wrong. Right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's the saying, right? And then so uh, we had a lot of stronger power lifters like, oh man, make a double ply version. So then we made a Mad Dog mm-hmm. one, and that pays homage to my oldest brother Mike passed away. And then we made uh, another one named after my brother Chris who's still alive, um, called the full bore slingshot. So now we have four different types of slingshots and now now we're adding a, a fifth edition to that. We make uh, knee sleeves, we make a product called the hip circle and hip circle is basically just uh just what it sounds like. It's a circle. Yeah. It goes up over your knees and I've been really proud of that product because it's just something that's so simple. Yeah. And uh, see that everywhere
0: too, man. Yeah. I know a lot of people
2: have been using like bands and stuff for years, but I feel that we created a better product, a little stronger. We have some variations of that product coming out. And I think it was about a year ago or maybe two years ago now, uh, and speaking to rogue fitness, they're one of our vendors. And I said, Hey, you know that? Hip circle man, that thing sells really, really well on the site. I was like, Oh, that's cool. Cause again, I'm not a numbers guy, so I'm unaware of like what sells where and I don't know what's going on. Uh, I'm just paying, paying attention to yeah. making cool shit pretty much. And uh, I was like, Oh, that's cool. He's like, No, 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 like it's selling really, really well. And I was like, All right, cool. The guy's like, No, 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 it's, it's, it's the uh, number one selling product that we have. I was like, Oh, like you mean like out of slingshot stuff? That's, that's cool. They're like, no, no, no. It's the number one selling thing we have on the entire fucking site. And I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's awesome, like, Yeah, I was like, that's that's pretty fucking... Dude, be- I think... I'll d- take that pat on the yeah, back, you know what I mean?
0: Dude, I, I, the products that you guys have put out have revolutionized the way people train, too, which is really cool. Yeah. You know, I I, I mean, the business side is cool, but it's always, I think, personally, way cooler to see the difference you're making you know, Thank you, I appreciate it, Yeah, you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. even, it, it, And I think if more people, I think something that you're saying there is extremely valuable. You know, you're, you're making a joke about not being a numbers guy. And that's such a huge advantage that people don't realize because <laughs> yeah. a lot of people, <clears throat> they don't focus on the customer. They don't focus on the difference they can make. Like for us, in our industry, which you're familiar with, most people are trying to make the cheapest shit and sell it for the most expensive price. Yeah. And they're doing it for themselves. They don't have the customer's best interests in mind. And we take the opposite effect. We make the best shit and we price it where it should be. And if you can afford to buy it, you can. If you can't, I understand. But I'm not going to go to sleep at night knowing that we make shitty stuff. Right. And the point of it is, is like the reward of seeing people go out and lose 70 80 90 pounds or gain 30 pounds I so
2: many people tell me they lost you know all kinds of weight and it, dude, that's that's the best feeling exactly
0: be- well and i was going to transition into uh something that i want to talk about next even though this is going to be a longer podcast i think it's all valuable shit
2: we're gonna go for four hours motherfuckers. Yeah.
0: <laughs> be one of those joe rogan styles that's right but dude uh you've recently made a huge transformation yourself yeah um you know Where'd you start and where are you now? And and how'd you do it? And what made you do me, it?
2: My wife told me that uh she was gonna leave me unless I lost a lot of weight. She said I wasn't looking so handsome anymore. So <laughs> no, no, nothing like that. Actually, she, she doesn't mind when I had a little extra fluff, I think. Maybe yeah. she maybe she preferred it. I don't know, maybe she's a chubby chaser. Uh but basically uh you know, a lot of the stuff I did was was uh purposeful. It was for a reason. Like I, right. I, I was big and heavy uh for powerlifting and right. to be able to handle the amount now sometimes sometimes we justify things and we go a little too deep into stuff, you know. So for me that was definitely the case. Uh I took way too much uh PEDs, I uh gained way too much weight, uh I was just kind of excessive with everything. But I was trying right. to just I was trying to do the best that I possibly could. So to me it made sense. Right. I made it all make sense, you right. know um I fell years ago with a thousand eighty five squat, which some of you guys may have seen that video before. It took a pretty nasty tumble and then for about three months I was pretty fucked up. Um, my ankle was all jacked up, both knees were all jacked up. Um, I'm just too stubborn to like even fucking go to the doctor. I'm like, you know what? The doctor's gonna tell me that I'm screwed up. Yeah. And I already know I'm screwed up. Yeah. You know, so and I'm not just only gonna- that,
0: when you're in that situation you're gonna tell you you're fat. He's going to tell you you're (laughs) unhealthy. He's going to tell you you need to quit using your PEDs. Or you're going to fucking die tomorrow.
2: Right. You know. Yeah. And so I'm just like, ah, fuck all that. I'm just going to see how I see how every day goes. Right. You know, I'm a day to day person. So it it fits with my mentality. So I just kind of see how I was doing day to day. Uh, I remember there was one uh, case where I was uh, so jacked up that I went from our recliner to our couch because I couldn't go upstairs to our bedroom. Um, and our couch has like a fold out bed. So my wife, she did a, you know, she got the bed ready for me or whatever. It took me, it took me 45 minutes to go from our, uh, our recliner to our, uh, pull out couch, which is probably, it's like a workout itself. It's probably like, uh, it's probably not much further than the distance of this room. It took me forever to try to get up out of the thing and trying to figure out how to kind of crawl into the bed and. And then, like, you know, getting up. To so you were the really fucking hurt. I was really yeah. jacked up. Legs yeah. were really, really swollen and stuff. And so that gave me time to kind of, like, reflect and kind of look and say, all right, you know what, dude? Like, maybe, maybe you didn't reach every single thing you wanted to do, but I, I did set out to squat 1,000 pounds. I did set out to bench 800 pounds. That's I, fucking insane. I did set out to, to deadlift 800 pounds, but I never did deadlift 800 pounds. So that was kind of, like, the one thing that I didn't get a chance to do. Those numbers, by the way, are equipped. That's with powerlifting equipment on that assists you in a lift, just so uh, people aren't so confused by the numbers. But still insane. <laughs> yeah. And it was and it was a lot of fun. I'm like, I did all the things I wanted to do. I got out of powerlifting what I what I wanted to get out of it. And I I feel good about it. I know enough about it to teach it to other people and stuff like that. And so I was like, I just need to fucking move on. Yeah. And so at that point I started to lose weight, got in better shape. Now Just like any other retired athlete, you can't really stay retired. And so about a year or two goes by, maybe about two years goes by. I'm in pretty good shape and stuff, but I'm starting to get a little bit bigger again. I go to bench press, and I bench 535 in the gym just on a whim, like out of nowhere. Like The most weight I was handling in in most workouts was between 400 pounds and 450. Now I bench nearly 100 pounds more than that out of nowhere and smoke it. And uh, I was like, "Oh man, you know what? Like, I have a bug o- again. Yeah, I always yeah. wanted to bench 600 pounds raw. I'm like, fuck. I was like, I should, I should, you know, I should try give that a give that a try. So I talked to my wife about it. She's like, oh, I don't think so. We talk about it a little bit more, and I was like, oh, I'd really love to just try to. I, I feel that I'm that strong. I feel like I can do it, you know. So I go to make a comeback. I bench 578. I go to bench 600 pounds, and there goes Peck again. And so. That wasn't enough for me to leave it alone 100%. So I go back at it one more time, and she's like, hey, this really – it's kind of like Rocky and Adrian going back and forth, right? (laughs) She's like, this really needs to be, like, the last time. I'm like, all right, you know. So I start preparing for a competition. I go up to bodybuilding.com and did some content for them. It's the strongest I've ever been. And I got 505 on the bar, and I'm just flying around with it. Now, I should have known better because, like, It's not the normal bench I use, not the normal bar I use. And they got like, they don't have uh, competition style stuff there at all. It's just regular. These benches are thinner and stuff. And it was definitely a recipe for disaster. Right. It wasn't anything. Right. But
0: you're out there, you're there, you're in the moment and your adrenaline's kind of going. Yeah. Shit's going good. It's like if you guys, uh,
2: if you guys had a sponsorship deal with uh, like Hussein Bolt. Right. You're not going to get Hussein Bolt to come here and run 100%. Right. No matter how much fucking money you pay him. Right. He does that for gold medals and that's it. Right, you know? right, right, He does it on the day of competition. And and for myself, I should have treated myself a little bit more like a professional athlete. I shouldn't have probably done that. But I went to do 505 and uh, I'm blasting it up just rep after rep like a goddamn machine. It's feeling so good. And I go to blast it up on like the fifth rep and just I feel and I was like, fuck. So tore my pec again. So then I go back into training again. And I'm like, I got to still see like, where I'm at. Cause it wasn't really a crazy like, peck tear. It wasn't something that was going to keep me out for months. Went back into training. And then my elbow started bothered me. My elbow just started saying, you know what? You're, you need to retire, motherfucker. Like yeah. you're done. Yeah. And um, I, I kept trying to resist it. I got into a training session one day where I was doing uh, 485 for uh, like three or four sets of five reps or so. And my pain level was a nine. And I'm like, this this is the definition of being fucking stupid right here. This does not make any sense. I'm compromising my own life and my own health. Like, who knows what could happen? Right. Like, my arm could, my tricep could blow out and the weight could land right in my fucking face. Right, you'd be dead. And there's yeah. nothing any, like, you can't spot that that fast. You right. know what I mean? So, like, this is just, this is not, this is, this is not a good way of doing right. it. And, and, I, and I was pissed. Yeah. I was fucking pissed when I went and worked out. I was mad because I was in so much pain, kind of like, you know, older person, they get arthritis and these different things and they kind of become grumpy because they're in pain. I was in tremendous amounts of pain. I wasn't uh, fun to be around in the gym, that's for sure. And I was like, this is not why I do this stuff. I do this stuff because I want to have fun. Right. And now I'm miserable. Right. So uh, what I share with people a lot of times is like, be careful what you wish for. You want to be great. Well, being great can be maddening. And it could turn you into a fucking psychopath sometimes, so dude, you got to be a little dude look I told you when we were, I
0: told you when we were in the a warehouse when I, when I was telling you that story, yeah, I mean, dude, I definitely have my fucking psychopath moment, <laughs> and sometimes it costs me it's yeah. my
2: biggest weakness as a person, yeah, you know what I mean? I totally get it, so passionate about it, yeah right. and so from that point, that was really it, and I was like, you know what I need to make a change, and so From the time I was uh, in high school, I've played around with ketogenic-style diets, basically just a high-fat diet, uh, low carbs, um, moderate amounts of protein. For me, I I probably take a little bit more protein than most, because most of the people that talk about the ketogenic diet, they're usually pretty uh, skinny. They don't usually look like a whole lot. A lot of times it's coming from doctors and stuff. They're
0: generally not athletes. Yeah, they're generally not athletes.
2: Anyway, uh, I use that style of diet to drop about 60 pounds. And then, uh, you know, more recently, you've seen a lot of my Instagram. Yeah. I'm, I'm helping a lot of people lose weight. Um, I'm trying to have an impact on people's on people's day. Like, let's get you to eat a little bit better. You don't have to necessarily, necessarily do the diet that I do. But there's some easy steps that you can take towards uh, getting in better shape. Number one is, and I think th- this is the easiest thing to incorporate, I'll just give you a couple things to incorporate. Number one is, like, just start to drink more water. Dude, huge deal. Just drink more water. Um, This is going to be, you know, some people might not understand this part of it, but if you are exercising, then add some salt. You know, add some salt to your diet. There's more and more evidence that salt will actually help you lose weight. Not only will it help help you lose water weight, which sounds opposite of what it does, but it can also help burn fat. There's a lot of information coming out about that right now. So add some water, add some salt, get to bed. You know, it's not about not about how cool you are about when you wake up. It's about getting to bed early. That's
0: my biggest fucking entrepreneurial... Oh, uh, I wake up at five.
2: Dude. It's like, well, that's cool if you do and that's your style, whatever. It doesn't but get, matter. You, you got to get your ass to bed so that you can get the rest that it you need. It doesn't matter how much you sleep. It matters how much you get done while you're awake. Right. Yeah. 100%. 100%. And I think a lot of people in terms of their health, though... They should start be th- at least thinking about bed at mm-hmm. 9 p.m. every fucking night. And if if that's something where you're like way off, you're going to bed at 11 or 12, I just think that our body is, I don't know, I can't tell you about when we're designed to wake up. I don't really know. Probably when the sun comes up. Right. But I do know that for me, it's helped me health-wise, helped me so many different ways. So were you having apnea and shit when you were oh, big? Oh, yeah, yeah, terrible. I was too. Getting to bed between 9 and 10 has helped me a lot. My wife likes to go to bed earlier than I yeah. uh, than I like to. She does a lot more shit in one day than I do, so she's tired when, it's, when the time comes. But just getting to bed a little bit earlier, I think, will help a lot of people. Um, and then the last thing, and probably the easiest thing, is, is go for a walk. I can throw in some walking. Try to walk, I mean, Dude, try that's, to walk that's it once a, a day for 10 minutes.
0: And that's such a good point. Like, everybody... And, you know, both of us do different versions of hit cardio and yeah. things that are intense and hard. And I think people who are overweight and have, have um, you know, a lot of progress to make, they see that as, like, an intimidating thing. Like, we, we, we post those videos because, like, dude, that shit's hard, and we're, like, proud of it, right? Right. And we're like, oh, look how hard we're working. It's sort of like an ego thing. It like, might scare off other people. Exactly. And, like, dude, you don't have to do it that way. Like, you, you guys know I've lost 70 pounds, and, fuck, I've lost almost all of it walking, like I didn't go out and fucking yeah r- running. I'm not fucking running. Like people are like, dude, you're dressed to sweat. Are you running those hills?
2: I'm like, fuck no, I'm not running. I'm walking, motherfucker. Yeah. You know? And- that's a great that's a great uh note though for a lot of people that are heavier. Yeah. Don't run. <laughs> you should. Like don't fucking you run. Fucking hurt yourself and then you'll be that much further behind. You'll be too upset. Right. Walk. And if you can lose some weight and you can get enough momentum to where you think you can run, then you yeah. can look at it. If that's that, what
0: but- you want to do, you don't have to do it to lose weight. Right. You know, walking will take the weight off. You just do it consistently. Yeah. You do something interesting, too, about that. You do, and, st- and we talked about this a little bit through mm-hmm. text, but this is really cool. And I always had this idea, and this is a little bit off the topic of entrepreneurship, but fuck it, you're here, we're talking about it. So when I was, back when I had only uh, one store, and Chris and I were basically living in the store, Yeah. this is after we were actually living in the store, we were basically living there at this point, I had an exercise bike. Mm-hmm. And... I always felt like doing like twenty minutes three times a day would yeah. be much more effective than doing sixty minutes at once, right. because of the disruption that it had on your metabolism. And you do yeah. something similar, and and you you do multiple walks mm-hmm. throughout the
2: day. Right. And, and is that why you started doing that? Is that thinking or? Yeah, there's just you know, like I, I'm, uh, I can't keep up with all the different. Information that comes dude. out me all neither. the time, but I used to, but no I have more. friends that yeah. do, you yeah. know, and I have friends that are up on the latest, whatever, yeah. you know. And Stan Efforting is the one who turned me on to it. And he he basically just said they're starting to see that uh, walking, you know, several times a day, broken up into at least about 10 minutes, uh, has a significant impact on your A1C, which is, I could be saying that wrong because I'm not a technical person. Basically, your ability to, uh, Deal with carbohydrates and blood sugar in your in your system and stuff like that, and so he's like, I think it'd be great. It'd be great for you to start to do that because when you get heavier, that's uh, one of the first things that gets messed up. And so I was like, all right, well let me uh, let me start implementing it. And I started to implement it. Uh, I feel like I've lost weight. I feel like in some weird, crazy way, it's helped the conditioning a little bit, even though it doesn't sound like it would be much. When you get walking, I mean, sometimes I walk kind of lazy. I'll admit I'll be some sometimes I'm pretty slow. But you get a brisk walk going, uh, it can be really great for you. And I think that a lot of people in fitness they lose sight of the conditioning side of things. Yeah, you don't really understand. I, I know you've been around it. Most people don't really comprehend how in shape a high-level bodybuilder is uh, they're when, they're, when they when they train. Yeah, they're hard to keep up with. Yeah. Well, like no, I
0: mean like on. on-
2: but oh yeah yeah, but well, conditioning yeah, wise yeah yeah no on a conditioning yeah. workout. But like I'm just saying like even just getting like the amount of stuff that some of those guys can get done uh, in the gym like when it comes to saying doing 12 sets of back oh yeah they can go through that shit like a savage you right. Know? A lot of the guys that aren't smart enough that aren't smart enough to understand how they can accumulate more muscle mass by being in better shape. Are are kind of the more bodybuilders that aren't winning. You know, right, those are the right. guys that aren't that aren't collecting trophies at the end of the day. Because the the faster that you can recover from one set to the next is also the same ability that it takes to recover from one workout to the next. Right. And so by incorporating any forms of duration or any forms of conditioning, even something like a 10-minute walk can start to assist your right. body in being able to recover all the things that you always do for yourself will always impact you a lot more than things you have done to yourself. Right. So yeah, you can go get a massage and work out the kinks out of your legs, but you'd be better off getting on the bike and doing 20 minutes. Right, right, right. That kind of stuff. Yeah.
0: And dude, and I, I mean, if you go look at pictures of, of you when you were big and pictures of you now, I mean, you look like a fucking savage now, dude. Yeah. You look awesome, man. Thank you. Yeah. yeah I've been, I've inspiring. been really,
2: I've been really working hard at it and, uh, you know, the next the next thing I'm, I'm working on is uh, really diving into the keto diet even yeah. a little bit harder because I did the keto diet for a while and then for some photo shoots just to kind of look a little fuller, I brought some carbohydrates back in. I'm not a person that believes carbohydrates are bad by any means. They have their function and they uh, they are the, the uh, most functional um, uh, energy source that we have. There's no question. I mean, there's too much evidence pointing towards that. Uh, but the keto-style diet... Um, for me has helped me just in a lot of ways. Maybe I have some ADHD or something, some shit right. like that. And I feel like I'm a little bit more creative. I feel like I work a little bit better. Uh, I feel like I'm just like a little bit sharper. So
0: do you feel, do you feel like when you do the the keto, do you, you're not like pissing on sticks and shit to like,
2: no, so I don't. So or do you just yeah. kind of avoid carbs? So because I'm, I'm writing a book called the war on carbs, I'm going to dive into doing some of that stuff. Right. Uh, just so I have a little bit better knowledge base of it. I don't want to speak poorly about things that I've never tried. Right. So I'm going to at least experiment with some of that. But I don't count calories. I don't pee on sticks. I don't prick my finger. Right. Um, I don't do any of that. I, I, and I And I just, you know, I'll stick butter in my coffee and coconut oil and these different things. And I, I cook stuff in some oil, um, some different things like that. But the thing that I love the most about the ketogenic diet is how flexible it can be with your lifestyle. I'm no longer like a slave to food. Right. Like these six meals a day and this bodybuilding style thing. Which
0: They're fighting more and more is oh bullshit God. anyway. Yeah. It's just, a,
2: it's such a pain in the ass to try to keep up with that amount of, of protein right. and that amount of food throughout the day. And so for me, it's like I eat three or four times a day. I have a, a protein shake once or twice a day and then I'm, I'm, I'm done. That's, right. that's, that's kind of all I needed. and, of course I um, you know I go off the diet like yeah just like anybody else I'll eat throw down some pizza and stuff how and, often do you do that um, it just kind of depends on like where I'm at like right now I'm kind of in a mode of like let me get through about three weeks of being pretty strict once those three or four weeks are up then I'll probably you know uh, start to mix in more cheat meals and yeah. things like that but but like life happens you know don't don't allow, don't allow your life and what's going on in, in other people's lives to overrun uh, your goals. But at the same time, someone's birthday—have a fucking piece of cake, right? Exactly. You know what I mean? Right. Like, um, if it's meaningful to you, like if, if if that if the company you have or whatever is meaningful. Dude, to them. it's
0: about creating sustainability, right? Yeah. And, and and your ability to adhere to a program over the long haul. You know, like for me, my I started. La, two, January first, two thousand sixteen. I was three hundred thirty pounds, like three thirty one. Nice. Yeah, and now I'm like mid two sixties. That's big. Yeah. And I need to be like in where you are. Like, were you about two forty?
2: Yeah, about two forty five. Yeah. yeah.
0: I need to be in the forty to fifty range. Right. But, um, but I mean, I've been able to stay in the sixties for a year, right. which is a victory for me, because usually, dude, like, I'm all in. Or all the fuck off. Yeah. You know, and like I've I've created a sustainable lifestyle now that allows me to maintain and I know that if I just grind my ass off to get to, to two forty five, right, I can live how I'm living now at two forty five, What you get what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. So I've got a good lifestyle now. I now I just need to dedicate myself for another right. ten or twelve weeks and
2: just get down to that that next level and stay there. But you know, um I think, you know, when as you uh as as you become more successful and you earn more money, then you know going going out to eat and having a steak that costs a hundred bucks and these different things, uh, it's it's not as hard. It's not as doesn't have as a, a big of an impact on your on your wallet. And so going out and drinking and uh, enjoying some really great food it and happens, desserts, it
0: can happen real easy.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah it can happen. And you and you see it a lot. You know, people they get they get like happy and and uh, and wealthy and fat. And yeah, it's. it's uh, it's totally understandable because, yeah, but, but, you're not, but you're not fucking
0: happy. But yeah. what a
2: cool thing to be like! I'm not going to be like those other. I don't need that fucking piece. Of, like dude. when I when I sit down at, at you know to eat and stuff, and I watch other people kind of engorging themselves and food and stuff. I'm like, I, I, that's fine for them, but I'm so happy that I'm not falling into that pit. You're fall. in control, yeah. right,
0: dude? It, I take a lot of pride. This is a weird thing to talk about too, but it, it kind of goes along with what you're saying. You know, I'm 38. And I look around at other dudes that are 38 and they're fucking like, they look like, to me, like they look like they're fucking 50. Yeah. And I'm like, bro, like I'll see somebody I haven't seen in 15 (laughs) years. I'm like, bro, what happened to you? And they're like, I don't say that, but I'm thinking it. Right, right. And I can tell they're not happy because, dude, the first thing they start doing is like. Justifying themselves, they're like, "Cause I, you know, I'm in pretty good shape right now." Yeah. And they're they're like, "Fuck, dude, you look great." And I'm always like, "Thank you, thank you." They're like, "Yeah, you know, I got these kids." Yeah, you and can't I say th-. anything back to them, right? Yeah. And they're starting to like justify themselves. And I'm like, "Bro, you know, if you're that unhappy, let's fucking do something." Yeah, you can you make know some what I mean? changes, yeah. right? And that aging, that way you look, the way you feel, you 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 don't understand how much reversal process that can have. Yeah. On on the way, that, uh, just eating right.
2: You I've had I mean? people uh, write on my Instagram. They're like, "You look twenty-five years younger." Dude, I don't know how old they thought I looked dude, before, but I, well, see, <laughs> I recently—I didn't
0: really follow you until you were in shape, and so like when I went and saw pictures of you before yeah. when you were, I was like, "Fuck, you don't even look like the same dude." Yeah, you know, yeah. Le- legitimately, you don't yeah. even look like the same person. I mean, I could tell in the face, but yeah, barely. And right, it's right. it's amazing, dude. You know, and it's inspiring, and I just think it's really cool to be able to be fluid and transition because you see so many guys get stuck in a certain area like bodybuilding or powerlifting or CrossFit and they never transition from into something new. You know what I mean? It's cool. It's reinventing yourself.
2: Yeah. And for me, I just kind of think why not just why not be strong in all areas of your life? You know, it's again, I'm, I'm not going to try to talk people into doing something so radically different from what they're currently doing, but everyone can go for a walk Yeah. You know, everyone can start to eat a little bit better, whatever that means for you. You don't have to like not eat carbs, but the ketogenic style diet to me is the only diet that corrects really bad habits. And uh, I've kind of referred to it before as the fat guy diet. Because I, I with, with heavier dude. with heavier dudes, man, like people don't understand people don't understand what it's like to be so fucking reckless with your food. Like, yeah, I can I can knock out a box of Oreos or just no, 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 fucking dude. kill tons it. of Ben and Jerry. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like a lot of people don't. I eat a whole fucking. Pizza. A lot of times in the fitness industry, it's skinny people preaching to more skinny people. Yeah, and it's like well. You, or genetically gifted people yeah. pretending like, never like really they built been. this shit, yeah. right? Or or you see it all the time with the with the females. Uh, a lot of times on Instagram, they'll post a picture that maybe isn't their best picture, and like, oh, I don't mind being a little overweight, and you're like, the you're fuck in are great you talking shape. About? That's yeah. like an embarrassment to people that are struggling dude, out there. Like, dude, uh, they have real life it's hurtful. struggle. It's yeah. like hurtful. Like people, it's like, oh, you're one fifty as opposed to one forty or whatever the weight is. You're like, right. that's not a big deal, right? Fuck, dude.
0: That shit drives me crazy because it's really discouraging. Like, I want to be transparent. It's really discouraging to people who (laughs) who have an issue for real.
2: You know what I mean? And myself and my family, like, there's been a lot of obesity. So, I look at that and I'm like, man, like, that person's never been truly, like, fat. So, they don't really get it. Dude, I would listen to someone in nutrition
0: a million percent more who has been extremely overweight and built something out of it versus someone who looks the same way at 16 as they do at 26, 36. Yeah. Because they're a genetically gifted, there is a such right. thing as genetically gifted physiques. Oh, yeah, for sure. <laughs> you know what I mean? And it, it it's just crazy to me how many people use, like, their genetically gifted yeah. physique to then act like they know everything so they can yeah. fucking take money from people. And they show people how to make abs <laughs> and all Get the this fuck stuff. out of here. You've had abs <laughs> since you were fucking four, dude. The right. fu- I haven't seen had abs once my whole life. I got like fat dude abs and I'm like look at this shit I'm
2: fucking <laughs> you get, ripped. You get a little shadow going. Yeah, that's right.
0: I stand under the light the right way and I'm like fuck you look pretty good today. I'd probably do you if I had 6 beers. You know what I'm saying? Like dude, it's it's a it's a it's just a fucked up industry, man. Yeah. So, and I always respect, you know, you keeping it real and the realness that you do because it's the truth. Just trying to
2: give people something that's sustainable.
0: You know, here's the you know, the thing about keto. That's what to I was gonna it. say. When I said I agree with that, I had I do agree that keto is a sustainable. It's, it's a it's the long it fixes bad habits, like you said. The issue with keto that people have is whenever they do it, and it's not a lifetime lifestyle, right? Because it, it, it doesn't teach people how to eat the other way, right? So like a lot of people will lose fifty pounds on keto, right. And then they go back to eating the way they ate before, and they eat like a fucking animal, and they haven't gained any habits. And then what happens? They blow up. Right. So you have to be conscious that if you're going to go down a path of, you know, a, a lifestyle, you got to think of it as a lifestyle.
2: Right. You know what I mean? I recommend some intermittent fasting for people like... Dude, that shit works. There's, you know, when you when you were when you were younger and you were, you know, sleeping in the back of the uh, supplement store. Right. You were hungry, like maybe not physically hungry, but you were hungry to get better. You were hungry to, to do more. Mm-hmm. And there's something magical about being hungry like there's not really magic to the ketogenic style diet there's not really magic to intermittent fasting but there is a lot of magic there's endless amounts of magic and discipline oh, if you can is. discipline yourself where you're like you know what i'm not going to eat till fucking 4 p.m meanwhile you see everybody else eating all day long
0: yeah and by by 1 p.m you're
2: fucking struggling yeah you're like yeah. wow i'm actually really fucking hungry yeah but you're not going to die, right? You know, you're not going to, you're not going to die. You're probably going to be able to meet your goals a little bit faster than than you normally would. So, I just think you know anybody listening to this that struggles with their weight, give a ketogenic style diet a chance. Try it out for like a month, and don't count your calories. Don't really worry too much about any of that. Don't over engorge yourself no, either. Don't, don't get overeat. overly
0: wrapped up in the details. The other thing about keto, yeah, stop, so much
2: micro stuff. Because
0: I do, because I do like a, a modified keto diet as well. Like I don't. I don't go straight keto. Like, I'll fucking rotate my he carbs. He does keto and ice
2: cream, he calls it. Yeah, right,
0: right. <laughs> I, I do keto for my first five meals. My sixth meal is not. <laughs> but uh, I'll do, like, a rotation. Like, I'll do three days low-carb, one day right. traditional-type diet. You know, I don't go crazy. but Something I'll Something
2: that's fitting your, yeah, right. your, what you can do.
0: And, um, and, like, dude, what I do is I do, like, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, low-carb. Wednesday night I have a carb meal, one right. meal. And it was not like shit meal. It's just meal carbs. Right. Like, I, I, what I like to do is breakfast burritos. Oh, yeah, sounds so good. Right. So then then Thursday, Friday, Saturday, I go back to, to low carb. And then Sunday, I have a full carb day. Right. With a cheap meal. And, dude, it allows me to, like, chill on Sundays and hang out and right. just have a day of hanging out with, with Emily or whoever I'm hanging out with, eat normal fucking food. Right. And And, dude, I lost 70 pounds that way. You know what I mean? It's about yeah. finding a sustainability that you can live with. Um, yeah, and if you didn't make any progress, then maybe you would chop something out. Exactly. Right? I mean, you'd be well, like, oh, like, right okay, now, yeah. I'm to the point now where it's not that same thing as I'm not seeing the same results. Right. So I've got to make an adjustment. Yeah. You've you got to kick it up a notch. Right. I'm going to have to, that Sunday is going to have to, I'm going to have to cut out. One up, less beer. No, it's going to be, <laughs> I'm going to have to cut out the beer. That's the problem. Because Sunday, you know, I drink a beer. In, so. uh,
2: in business, you know, I have some friends that kind of have just started a business, you yeah. know, or some friends that, even had had a business for a little bit and i i kind of think to myself like oh shit like you're just getting started you right. know and sometimes when you when you lose a bunch of weight you think oh things will get easier but well they don't really get easier they get like harder but and you develop discipline you develop feels, discipline right. to make it easier right um even even train even like lifting you know if you if you develop the ability to start to squat like 500 pounds yeah um it just take your workouts just take longer. Yeah, they're not shorter; they're longer right. because somebody else might have been able to get in and do three sets of ten with one thirty-five. Well, you got to do three sets of ten with four hundred five. So it takes you that much longer to warm up to it. Right. Odds are your muscles are tight. You got to stretch and prepare, and all these right. other things. You need ten pre workouts. Right. Before you start your right. workout, like you need to be all fired up for it. Yeah. And so things, you know, they have a tendency to, to, to get a little bit more difficult. But that's when you really just. Buckle down, you know. You put your fucking chin strap on and get and get ready for yeah. get ready for yeah. what's next, and take a lot of pride in knocking down those hurdles, those things that are in your way, dude. In the discipline building, you know
0: yeah, what I'm saying, absolutely. like, dude, I I do the same thing, and that's the the planner. Like, I'll show it to you once we get off off the show, but it, it's designed so that people. It's really what it's designed to do is for people to develop their discipline, right? And dude, make the things that are hard today, thirty days from now, they're a habit. Right. You know what I mean? Because people always say to me. So they're second nature. Exactly. And so people say to me all the time about business, they're like, fuck, I don't know how you do all the shit that you do. And I'm like thinking like in my head, I'm like, fuck, I really don't do that much shit. Right, And, you know, but they see what I do. You get to sit in here and fuck around for two hours. Yeah, exactly. But they see what I do from the outside, and, and they see it as really hard. But because I've been doing it for so long, I, I equate it to, like, getting in a cold swimming pool. Like, if you just jump right in, yeah, fuck, it fucking sucks. Yeah. But if you ease your way in, you know, and then eventually you don't even notice it's cold. It's right. just what it is. And I think that's the same way with dieting or fitness or business. It, it feel, once you're conditioned to it and you've built that discipline, right. it's just what it is you know
2: i agree yeah i think you know sometimes like even even when it comes to uh lifting you know some of the most talented people i've seen in lifting they won't always realize what they just did was spectacular right we had a kid come in the gym and he uh squatted 750 or 725 in a pair of knee sleeves for two reps weighing under 200 pounds holy shit he got done with it and he just kind of looked at us like why are you guys amazed almost like we're like, that's like world record weight. Like, what the fuck's going on? Yeah. Uh, we had another guy come into the gym. This is a few years ago. And it's the first time anybody's ever, uh, it's kind of like a, like a Bigfoot or Loch Ness Monster. It's the first time anybody ever caught him on, on camera. Uh, a guy by the name of Eric Spoto, who eventually ended up breaking the all-time bench press record. And I'm warming up with the guy. And once you start to see somebody have some weight on the bar, then you get an idea, you know, where they are strength-wise, even though it's just a warm-up. So this guy had three fifteen on. And he's just chucking around like it's zero, and then he did four hundred five like the same way. And I'm like, I have not seen that before. Yeah. I was like, this this mutant is not from <laughs> the league of mutants that I already know. <laughs> yeah. This is a different type of dude right here. Yeah. And so I was like, dude, like, what do you what do you bench? I mean, you got to bench over six hundred pounds. He's like, oh yeah, over, well over six hundred. And I was like, seven hundred. He's like, yeah, I think I'm like in that range. I'm like, do you know the record is seven ten? the all time like that's the most weight anybody's ever bench pressed on the fucking planet he's like yeah yeah someone someone was kind of telling me about that I was like well you should go break that fucking record yeah and then on that day he benched uh, 635 for two reps it was unbelievable but like my point is that he's been working so hard for so many years he accumulated all this muscle mass and all this strength and it was just normal to him right He's right. like, oh, this is just me. Right. It's like, oh, you don't recognize that yeah. having twenty inch forearms is on is like yeah, but dude, not normal.
0: That's how fucking <laughs> success happens, dude. People fall in love with the day to day work. Right. Like, dude, you know, when people say you gotta love the process or love the work or love the grind or whatever the fucking word is. You gotta used, not
2: notice that it's work.
0: Dude, it's just what it is. And it's every day. And eventually you get to a point and you're like, Oh, I'm fucking worth $10 million. Right. I didn't even fucking realize it. You know what I mean? Or I'm worth a hundred million or whatever the fucking number is, or I, you know what? Fuck, I can bench press 500 pounds. Right. You know right. what I mean? Or whatever it is. It's just, it's concentrating on winning the day. And dude, fitness and business are literally the exact same
2: principles uh, to be successful. You can, you can practice every day by hitting the gym. Right. Exactly. In business. You, you may not always get a chance to really practice that that way. Yeah. Cause you might not even have a business yet. Right. Right. So you can practice a lot of the same principles that you need for business but you could, in the gym every single day.
0: Well, yeah, exactly. And, but even if you don't, like, you, like, let's say there's no, uh, you know, business gym. I mean, you could still do work every day that contributes to those skills. Yeah. You can watch YouTube videos about yeah. your subject. You can listen to podcasts. You can read. It's all about making that day count,
2: you know, in that area. The so, internet has more than just porn. Oh, that's yeah. It's like a lot of news. That's dude, news to a lot of people. Dude,
0: I said, I you always talk, tell that joke whenever I'm speaking, and sometimes it goes over great. <laughs> dude, I would get, I said it at 10x. Nobody fucking laughed. There's 10,000 people in the fucking room. It was like, a, everybody's looking at each other. I know every one of the motherfuckers looks at porn. It's like, and,
2: look, you guys whack off just as much as I do. Everybody's dude, fucking. That's laughs. what I was thinking. I'm like, I am like, I had to go,
0: like, save myself. I'm like, uh, it's okay to laugh. And then like the guy in kind the of front is like, Haha. I'm like, the one pervert in the crowd. I'm like, all right, I'll move the on. One Pervert in the crowd laughs way too hard I'm at like, your joke. But that's the guy I'll drink a beer with later. That's
2: right.
0: <laughs> well, dude, tell people where they can find you at and where, where can they uh, tell them about your yeah. podcast and your social and um,
2: social security number. Yeah. Yeah. Just the last last thing I'll uh, close out with is, uh, you know, I think people just it, it would really help a lot of people if they viewed things from a different perspective. No, wait, wait, wait. I'm going to ask for your social, and then we're going to close out. Okay, good. You're fucking up the show.
0: I'm messing it up. <laughs> all right, so... And you need to make the announcement. I will. Okay. I'll let you make the announcement. Okay.
2: Because you're the announcement nerd. All right. All right. Yeah, I can do that. So Well, I'll just, I'll just get this in real quick. All right. I just think, in general, I think if you just start to replace the word uh, work with opportunity, that you'll end up in the position that you're talking about. Yeah, just, that's a great point. Just stop thinking about it being like, oh, man, it's going to be so hard to lose weight. I love that. It's going to be so hard to make money. It's going to be so hard to... You don't don't look at stuff as like a, there's a big mountain or giant uh, set of uh, stairs in front of you. Just think about getting your foot on that fucking first step. Yeah. Um, you can find me at howmuchabench.net. That's where we have all our products. We've got the slingshot. We've got knee sleeves. We've got everything you could possibly imagine. Some of the strongest stuff on the market. Check it out at howmuchabench.net. And then also you can find me on Instagram and Twitter. It's at Mark Smelly Bell. And then my YouTube is Super Training 06. And that's pretty much it. You have a podcast, right? I have a podcast yeah. called Mark Bell's Powercast. Cool. Check that out. It's on iTunes. We have it also on YouTube as well. Yeah.
0: and Most of these guys are obviously listening to podcasts. So you guys need to check out his podcast. It's really cool. Very entertaining. Thank you. Appreciate yeah. it.
2: Um, We're going to have you on there soon. Yeah.
0: I can't wait. I'm excited to come to the gym and train too. Yeah. You'll to learn love some it. shit. You'll love you it. Know? I've been lifting my whole life, but I've never really learned with you never really lifted until you've been to super training gym. there you go so i've never <laughs> lifted before that's right you don't so, even lift bro
2: <laughs>
0: vaughn what's the announcement that you wanted to make he's right. been talking so we've about been this, a lot.
1: this we've been having this review contest you send in a review you get Exit uh, review? what do you get like 48 hours with andy frisella or how's that work
0: if it were up to you that's what they would
1: get yeah in the I'll Bahamas. Like, yeah, exactly. So, uh, no, you get uh, 20 to 30 minutes Skype with Andy. We're going to give out five if you uh, if you send in the review. But as of today, you guys are going to be hearing this on uh, Tuesday, the 22nd of August. We're in the future? 2017. How'd you do and that? And as of today, it's too late. So, wow. too bad for you. But we are going to be announcing the winners on Tuesday, August 29th, 2017. So... Make sure you listen to all of the podcasts coming up. I'm so confused. Cool.
0: Dude, thanks so much for coming out and making the trip out here. <laughs> Thank you. Appreciate I mean, it. Thoroughly enjoy this. Is I hope everybody enjoys listening to this podcast as much as I enjoyed the conversation. So
2: I can't wait to slide down that
0: fucking arch tonight, man. Yeah. That's gonna be great. Yep, yep. Me too. <laughs> all right, bro. Thanks a lot. Thank can't you. Can't wait to be on the podcast. Thanks, guys. See you.